0: Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll want to give our
1: Mr. Radio Free Mormon, how are you?
0: Mr. Bill Real? how are you?
1: I'm doing so good. It's amazing. <laughs> <I've
0: heard> it. <laughs> oh, it's you Wednesday out? night, my favorite night of the week. And here we are with another episode of Mormonism Live, episode 147. It's September 27th, 2023. Anything you want to say, Mr. Real? Is it 147? Because I've got it numbered 146. Did we do 146 already? I have no idea, but I thought I counted it out. But counting was never my strong suit.
1: Yeah, I would have to go look, but otherwise, don't even uh, bother.
0: If you want to do that, go ahead. What else is new? What else is going on in your world? What else? Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard. Man, I'll tell you, you you put a
1: lot of episodes out this week, and uh, they all are seeming to perform quite well. I'm quite pleased uh, watching them behind the scenes getting. 12, 13 to like 22,000 views. So yeah.
0: Yeah. 36. When you bring up Glenn Beck's name. Ooh, there you go. That helps. It's out, amazing. It? People are really interested in the story. I'm really interested in the story. And one thing I don't want to be overshadowed in this story is it shouldn't be Tim Ballard, Tim Ballard, Tim Ballard, because we got to leave room in there for elder Ballard.
1: Yeah, he does play a part. And there may be more of a connection of him to these things than the general public at this point knows the, most of you out there listening probably know, and there's still some research going on behind the scenes. I'm actually quite intrigued to, to see what comes out in the next few days that I've sort of heard a little bit about.
0: Well, here's what it all boils down to. I know that the church is banking on all the bad press for Tim Ballard justifying them in their statement from September 15th, but but the question in my mind comes down to the whiteboard. And the super secret squirrel meeting that Tim Ballard allegedly had with his closest associates, where he wrote on the the whiteboard, remember swearing them to secrecy beforehand and writing on the whiteboard, which someone apparently took a picture of before they left, where among other things, it has as a silent partner in this new newly envisioned corporation called mm. Slave Stealers, as mm. listed as a silent partner. So the question hey. that I have is, was Tim Ballard telling the truth about that?
1: Yeah. And wouldn't it be weird if some documents came out that could connect those
0: dots and show that maybe there was some sort of truth to that? Well, the vehemence with which Elder Ballard tried to distance himself from Tim Ballard in that Mm. statement. I mean, he was running away from Tim Ballard as fast as his walker would carry him. So I suspect there's a reason behind that. And uh, we'll see what the evidence is. And I'll I'll be looking forward to seeing it as it comes out and reporting on it at Radio Free Mormon.
1: Elder Ballard, I I wonder who Tim's silent partner could
0: be, Brother Ballard. Hmm. I don't know. It could Hmm. be. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. However, and the problem is that that I don't feel like I can trust Tim Ballard. But on the other hand, I I know I can't trust Elder Ballard. You sure as hell can't trust either one of them. Ballard's not a really good name. (laughs) Yeah, Mr. Edsel. So, <laughs> Wilbur, or I should say come. Melvin, <laughs> Mr. Ed yeah. Soul. Okay, okay. So I thought you were going to play that sound clip of Elder Ballard in his the, one of his the hiding his whoppers.
1: Yeah, no, I, I could play that. We play it a lot. We'll play it a thousand more times this year, but uh, maybe I'll save it for some time during the show when something comes up that's dishonest. Well, speaking of
0: something
2: I, coming I thinking-
3: up. I hope it's yep. not dishonest,
0: but it's Maven. Maven wanted to give
2: a right, little bit right.
3: report <laughs> no, about say, last week's show. Most of the sound clips that you have, Bill, I think could apply to today's episode, you know, that we've got saved in, in the bank at one point or another. But um, yeah, no, so so I'm just here. I'm going to pop up just to do a real quick uh, wrap up of the episode I did about Adam, just to kind of cover a couple bases. Number one is a correction about Elder Hillam, uh, that he was not over the Grand Teton Council at the time of Adam's. Um, uh, abuse incident at the camp he was already moved on from that position but there's still the connection is still there so even if it wasn't him at that time you know he's he's got that connection and he also had his you know position in the church so I just wanted to uh, say that and then um, I had forgotten I had included a clip about this person but I had taken it out but I didn't take his name out of the slides uh, which I misspelled I think three different ways um at different points. And uh some people were asking in the chat as well about it. I'm gonna go ahead and put this up and we'll take that down. Okay. So uh Vandersloot, this is uh he's a self-made billionaire and he was the founder of Melaleuca. Uh, he was from the area. And so when um when the news of the report started hitting um or started being reported on, unfortunately, um as we've seen with a lot of scandals, or just almost any sex abuse case with the church, with the Mormon church, but also with Catholicism and the Boy Scouts of America, when um, when victims start coming out, the community reaction often is first to defend the institution. And um, uh, yeah, unfortunately that was also part of Adam's story and and VanderSloot was definitely a part of this kind of um, community action smear campaign. And so it's not just the, the abused, that are discredited or, or told that they're lying, or you know, people are saying they're just you know mad at parents or whatever excuse they have um, to to make children out to be liars. A lot of times, the platforms that are telling the truth, those are also maligned and um, discredited as much as possible. And so that's what VanderSloot did. Um, let's see here. So this is actually one of the pieces that uh, that he commissioned. And so, yeah, I just the the little headline here. This is on the community page. You can see Scouts Honor there in the middle. There's a picture of a Boy Scout with American flag and up at the very top, along with the Melaleuca uh, logo, it says uh, responsible journalism or misleading propaganda. And um, and it wasn't just the newspaper, but also the um the reporter, and I'm forgetting the name. So the re- the reporter that broke this story was closeted uh, was a closeted gay man. There was a few people who knew, like in his tight circle, like you know, family and whatnot. And um, uh, a lot of these things just made this guy's life miserable. So that amazing picture I got from it's on YouTube church and the fourth estate. And I that's also a great documentary to watch about, you know, this thing happening. And you can also see there, um, they have a clip of the journalist in a deposition because they were getting sued. Um, you know, when you have a lot of money, it's, it, you have a lot of power to really hurt other people or drag them through court systems. As we saw that happened with Adam, that also happened with this man. And there's just a really sad point where he, he breaks down as he's, and, and just, has to take a break because of um it just in recalling he can't even talk about how much this affected him and just destroyed him so anyway i just wanted to bring those up and then i also um i guess um i I have another clip that i should have had for the end of um adam's interview so i'm going to play that but i I did just want to say um this is also related to what we're talking about today it's really sad but it just seems to be an ongoing pattern, no matter how many times these things kind of blow up in the news, that when victims start coming forward, it's always the reputations of the abusers that are what the majority of the community will try to preserve first. And that's often, like I said, to the defaming and the harassment of the victims. And we do already see this with those coming forward about um, things that Tim Ballard has done. Um, They're just really... I, I, I just feel bad for the harassment that they're already getting. And um, again, same with the platforms. And I just as awful as it is to be innocent of a really terrible accusation like this, it's still far more damaging to victims of, of abuse, not to be believed because that's being that's something that's being added on top of what already happened to them. And I've heard many victims say that the family and community response um, in disbelieving them, uh, was often far more damaging than the initial incident of abuse. And, um, and I, I'm not speaking for all victims. I'm just saying this is something that I've seen said quite a bit, that, that that caused more pain and more ongoing damage, um, than, you know, than what was being hidden. And then I did want to add just one more thing. And even in the rare case of a false accusation, there's still a lot less damage done by scrutinizing the accused. So if you guys recall, Adam in his story, was also accused of being all of the things you know that that his abuser was to him, and so. Um, but he had the documentation to back that up. Unfortunately for Adam, there were a lot of people that weren't willing to listen to him or see what he had. But he had it. He had it all along. He he had it, you know his his innocence and his proof. He just <laughs> we just have this uh, BYU and of course this leadership and just all of these things really. You know, conspiring against him. So I just wanted to point that out that, you know, e- even for him, even when he was innocent, like he was able, he had the documentation to back himself up. and And those who were accusing him, importantly, did not. So the evidence was all in his favor. And to those who are accusing me of being hypocritical on this sometimes when it when it comes to uh, John Delin, which RFM has also been reporting on, Um, With that whole situation, I just want to say like the same thing is happening here. So I feel like I have been completely consistent with my morals and my values the whole way through. And um, and even in this case, like if you start believing the victim first, that's something that I support. Again, until evidence comes out differently, as in the case of Adam, that's that's what I want to say there, I guess. So I will go ahead and put up this last clip. Um, And this I'm sorry for like I know it was a really intense episode I did. And so I just want to apologize that I, I didn't get this at the end. as kind of um, a nice closure, this uh, this happy part. And so, a very good episode and a very
0: popular episode, I might add, oh. Maven.
3: Thank you. And uh, there have been some suggestions for improvement as well. And I, I do appreciate those. So here we go. It's
4: every victim out there that you will go through a lot of negative feelings and trauma. And a lot of people will just try to push it out the window. Embrace it. Pull your triggers so much that they no longer work stand up with your chin high knowing it'll cause a hurricane for a while but afterwards you're going to live in a free world not a bars and cages with triggers everywhere I have a complete different philosophy that truth leads us to freedom
5: it's so fun to see your actual real happy positive personality comes out because i know that's who you are
4: yeah don't feel sorry for me i'm going to go home with the <laughs> cutest most beautiful fun wife and baby and a life that's going the right direction but don't feel sorry for me and don't ever think that Jody's a super-powerful lady. She's not. These abusers—and don't think the Mormon church leaders are super-powerful people. They're not. The ones that have chosen to abandon love are not powerful people.
5: Beautiful. And my favorite—to end, my favorite comment of the whole episode—finish this sentence. Courage is— Courageous.
4: Oh man, I messed up my punchline. Let's do it. No, let's That's do why I'm it. I'm never going to be <laughs> famous. <laughs> I had one line
5: <laughs> uh, finish this sentence. And I hope
4: Jody Hildebrand's hearing <laughs> and all those church leaders at the legal law firm that are trying to keep anyone from coming forward are hearing.
5: Okay, what's my favorite line? Finish this sentence. Courage is. Courage. Contagious.
4: <laughs> One more time. Contagious. Courageous. Contagious. Courage. contagious. It's contagious. It's contagious. Oh.
3: There we go.
0: Love. And,
3: and that's my Love. bit. Thanks, everyone.
0: It's a nice ending. Even though the show's just beginning. Don't go anywhere, folks. Yes, tonight's yeah. episode is called Mormons Gone Wild. We are in the middle of a A tsunami of cataclysmic proportions going on in the LDS church right now with this whole Tim Ballard situation, and especially precipitated by the church statement that was issued on Friday, September 15th, 2023, which is 12 days ago, by the way, to Vice News, in which um, the statement the church called Tim Ballard morally unacceptable, or his behavior is morally unacceptable, and accused him of betraying Elder Ballard by using his name without authority. And that has caused a a whole lot of consternation among, I would say, probably the more conservative members of the church, many of those who look up to Tim Ballard as a hero, and there are people outside the church as well, but of course it's the people inside the church that are being rocked, especially by this church statement. And what I wanted to do to frame this, first off, I think it's important to capture this moment, for posterity. And the reason I say that is because, remember, this is similar to November of 2015, when the policy of exclusion was leaked and a number of days went by, even up to weeks, when members of the church were saying, this isn't real, this is fake, this can't be from the church, because our church would never do something like this. And then it ended up being true and verified by the church. And then everybody had to deal with it as best they could. A lot of people dealt with it by resigning from the church. Other people had to try and find a way to soften the cognitive dissonance that was going on inside them. But this is a very similar situation, and we're hearing a lot of similar reactions to it as well. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to go to Midnight Mormons. Now they're ward radio. Some people, very mean people say psych ward radio, but I do not mean people. Uh, approve of that. Yeah. A really mean person might say, yeah, but it's, it's fascinating because, um, the midnight Mormons have devoted themselves to defending the church. And if you remember the TITS videos that they had up with fair, that got taken down after the public outcry was so great. And yeah, they got taken down. Midnight morning. T I T S. This
1: is the show. This is the show.
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, some people say the tits videos, but yeah, because that was the acronym. If you use acronyms, it that works. And they did. That's how they acronymed it. Um, but the thing is this is that what they have shown is a willingness and a commitment. And I use that term advisedly with Quaku, but a commitment to defending the church at all costs. There is nothing that the church has done or the leaders of the church have done or Joseph Smith has done or Brigham Young did that is so morally unacceptable to coin a term that they would not be there defending them, right? Whether it's uh, polygamy, polyandry, marrying 14-year-old girls, all that is fine. They're there to defend them. But this this statement about Tim Ballard, this is a bridge too far. They're not going to defend the church on this one. Their first impulse is to say what the heck is going on and try and work their way through it. And that's what I want to capture and talk about tonight. Now, I they've done a few videos on this over at uh, what's newly called Ward Radio. And I went and did three pages. I, I watched the whole dang thing. It was like two hours, and I had three pages of notes with 20 timestamps and all these things that I wanna talk about. And then I realized, you know, they did an earlier one. September 15th was a Friday. They did one over the weekend, it was probably Saturday night. It might've been Sunday, I don't know. But I wanted to go there because that captures them in their rawest state where they're responding to this for the first time to capture what it is they were saying. The other one's really good to go over, too, although, you know, it's not easy, at least for me, to to watch Midnight Mormons. But I did, for you. So we went to the one that was over the weekend, and we've got some clips here. And the first clip, by the way, just so you know, it's 15, you no, know, 15, 12 minutes long. We're not going to play the whole 12-minute clip, but actually we are. But we're going to play it in bits and pieces and stop it uh, frequently in order to make comments as we go along. And then there's a couple of other clips that are separated from this main 12-minute clip. But I picked this clip because it is the one where they are really, really emotional about things. And they're trying to grope their way and figure out what's going on. So if we've got this ready to go, we're starting on... 2340. It'll go from 2340 to 35.50. That's the timestamp. And if we can start there, and Bill, is it okay if I just tell you when to stop or is Maven doing you're doing this, right, Bill?
1: So I'm I'm doing this. I just let me try to see if it can get it to tell me the timestamp. Okay, so you said start at what time? 20
0: 23.40. Here we go. Okay,
1: let's 23.40. Come on. Almost
0: there. And there's Cardinellis. He's got these uh, sunglasses on with a like a knit ski cap. I'm getting a definite Snoopy versus the Red Baron kind of vibe from this he, outfit. It looks
1: that looks like a guy who would take a knife on an airplane. You know, that's that's what that looks like.
0: You can't put anything past a guy who would dress like this. <laughs> says yeah. the guy wearing the Marvel T-shirt.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Huh? All right, so uh, we are at the twenty three forty. Let's uh, hopefully the sound is okay. But here we here we go. Twenty three forty or
6: fight. It smacks of uh, a, a rogue actor or an actor thinking that he was operating on behalf of the official organization of the church saying something uh, that he thought might have been helpful, not realizing it was so bad, or some uh, a horrible progmo. You know what I'm saying? Dare
0: like, dare
3: you say and, secret combinations? Yeah. I, I okay. Can
0: we stop there?
4: Uh, Vice mm-hmm. reaching out and saying,
0: okay, because they're going to, they go on to things so quickly. And this is the first thing. This is the first idea. And we've heard it before, but we're hearing them deal with it. At least Cardinellis is proposing it. And I think it'll be shot down by somebody. But the idea that this is a rogue PR guy, some kind of progressive Mormon who's been the managing director for 15 years. Now, I don't know that they knew the name at that this point or his background. So I think that they have modified their position since this time, and I want to give them the space to do that. Um, this is a representation of where they were the weekend after the September 15th statement came out. And so um, we can't all have the information, especially when the church isn't giving it, but a rogue PR guy did this. And I think that, there was something that Maven had, that she had looked up from. Uh, it was Otterson. What's what was Otterson's first name? Bill, Michael. 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 That's what Michael I thought. Michael Otterson. Otterson. Back. He's the the British bloke, the guy with the accent, who was head of PR for a number of years, and he gave mm-hmm. a a talk. I think at Fair Mormon was it.
3: Yeah. And I just want to say, this is not something that, that I found. So someone sent it to me. I did ask them, uh, in a message earlier, if I could credit them, but I didn't hear back. So I don't want to just, just because I know names can sometimes be touchy in this space if you're PMO or something. So, um, you know, which is physically in, mentally out. So I just wanted to say that this was sent to me by a listener and yes, this was all the way back in, uh, 2015. So I'm going to go ahead and, um, this off and put it on the screen
2: now the first thing I want to put on record is this public affairs does not have its own agenda independent from the brethren I work on a daily basis with the member of the 12 and the executive director and in addition to regular meetings twice a week with the member of the 12 we talk every day sometimes several times with the executive director I make presentations to the full quorum of the 12 monthly and receive direction from them. And I mention this because we sometimes have rocks thrown at us by some bloggers who love to postulate as to why public affairs does this or that. One blogger even referred recently to public affairs as a rogue department, <laughs> which would be news to the brethren. So news and apparently flash, news to we don't freelance. Sadly, the insight and understanding of some who love to write volumes of commentary seems often in inverse proportion to the amount of words they write. Perhaps it's simply easier to target public affairs because it seems less disrespectful than criticizing church leaders. If so, we're honored to take those slings and arrows of outrageous fortune.
0: Taking bullets for the no member of
2: the public affairs staff would last long if he or she issued a statement on behalf of the church that had not been approved. But looking for a conspiracy behind every hint of change isn't healthy and is rarely accurate.
1: He he is being deeply snarky towards these bloggers, these whoever these people are who who think that when the public affairs or the church newsroom Uh, does something that it is not the brethren who are in charge here. There's somehow somebody took over. I just want to note, it's never the deconstructed Mormon who thinks that. It's never the nuanced Mormon. It's not the post-Mormon who thinks that. It's the conservative believers who can't buy into the church changing or contradicting itself. So the people he's being snarky to are the believers like the Midnight Mormons, he didn't have anything to say about the folks like you and a, you and me. That wasn't it.
3: I just want—I wanted to add this here. Rogue PR guys is the sequel to Rogue Artists. I thought that mm-hmm. was clever. Yeah. And then this is from—it says Facebook user, so it looks like they haven't given the permission, and I don't, so I don't know which page it's from. But they said, in all fairness, I thought it was a false statement as well, but from someone like Jonathan Streeter, um, which like, I knew John, it wasn't Jonathan, Jonathan Streeter, almost Streeter almost because me the me, name so. of the church
0: was spelled correctly. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan.
7: So
3: anyway, I just thought that was interesting because that has ha- happened before, I guess, and I totally forgot about that, didn't make this connection, that, that there was somebody who pretty, you know, somewhat convincingly, but even me as a full believer at the time, when I read it, um, there were enough call outs that I I knew that it wasn't, but it did get a lot of people. So um yeah, so that's fair.
1: The fact it's that been there was... Eight. Go ahead, Bill. The fact that there was an official statement sought from the church and then the church's public affairs department issued one all of us deconstructed Mormons, all of us post-Mormons, all of us ex-Mormons, we all understand that the church contradicts itself and sweeps things under the rug and, and says things to hide stuff. And we all get it. We're not the, anytime the public affairs says something, our side completely goes like, that's the church public affairs. It just happens to contradict what the church has said before, or they're trying to hide something they've done already. Or it's never that we think the public affairs is, running rogue. This is a believer's
0: paradigm. Right. So there is the first thing that they talked about was floating the possibility that Cardin did about this being a rogue PR guy. Now, if he had been a rogue PR guy, if this had been fake, we would have heard about it from the church in 54321 after it was published in Vice. Okay, And they were hoping for that. We'll see that as well. But Saturday went, Sunday went. I mean, it's a weekend. Think, but that still... is what
3: happened. Oh, sorry, Bill, both of us <laughs> with the with Jonathan Streeter's article. Wasn't that right? I think they did have
0: that broke apart uh, actually uh, before it was published. Everybody didn't get the word, that? but yeah, it was already being debunked even be basically from before it went up.
3: Right. Okay. So then we so we've got another situation or you know, a similar situation where there was a fake and and it was already immediately getting debunked. Whereas in this, as we'll see, nothing really comes out of it, at least not like that. So, And by
0: the way, I want to give a little a, a bit of empathy, believe it or not, to the Midnight Mormons, because I know what it's like to be invested in the LDS church and then have something that turns the firm foundation into quicksand. And for me, it was back in 84 and 85 with certain letters that were um, ostensibly written by early church figures, including Joseph Smith. But actually they were forged by Mark Hoffman. And I'm talking most famously the salamander letter. And the church was taking these seriously to the point where Elder Oaks was giving an apologetic about how calling Moroni a salamander was completely reasonable and made perfect sense to him. So that's where I felt the trap door open and I'm getting queasy, I'm getting weak in the knees, I have other friends who are in college, guy who is a graduate student in mathematics, really smart, good friend of mine, and we're sitting there talking to each other, just going, what the heck is going on? And I feel like the Midnight Mormons are experiencing something similar to that with this, at this time. I don't know where they are right now with their dealing with it, but this is right after. So if we can go to the next part of that and continue playing from where we were, because then they'll have something to say about Vice News.
4: Well, you know what I'm saying? Dare like dare you
2: say and, secret combinations? Yeah. <laughs> I
4: I could even see uh Vice reaching out and saying, Hey, we want you to just tell us what's going on. We are not going to use your like name or anything, you know, just help us understand, right? And then posting the whole thing
6: oh yeah we know vice news is full of liars and thieves and charlatans like i'm sure they would be more than willing to
4: i'm i'm just curious how much of this is doug anderson's personal opinion versus how much of it is the church when when you have tim ballard saying like i don't think the church would do this i think that's a really valid way to look at it okay can we stop there the church would do
0: okay so we bled over into the church wouldn't do this but this is vice news is made up of liars and thieves they would train anything in order to hurt the church they're anti Mormons. You can't trust them. And actually, um, I'm so sorry. I'm drawing a blank on Mr. Jesus. Um, Brad. Whitbeck. Brad. Brad Whitbeck. Brad Whitbeck is going along with that, and he's actually suggesting. Well, how much of this is Doug Anderson, the PR guy, who'd been uh, the manager, the director of the PR department for 15 years, media relations. He doesn't know this at the time, or did he mention his name there? I didn't hear it. Okay, but anyway, he's talking about uh, how much of this was his opinion that he's inserting into this. So he's backing up this idea of of, of a rogue PR guy to the extent that he's inserting things that were not uh, verified or okayed by the apostles. And of course, once again, Michael Otterson said, no, that doesn't happen. But they're trying to make sense out of it, and so that's that. Vice news is bad. They are responsible. They'll return to that again later on. Did anybody want to say anything about that particular? I argument? just want
1: to, I just want to add the church is 200 years old, right? thereabouts. all the dishonesty, all the lies, sec scandal, just all the, I mean, we've documented, I've got a document that's got whatever it is, a hundred instances of, uh, demonstrable lying cheating stealing why is it that the believers never think the thieves and charlatans are the ones coming out of church headquarters why is it always the the ex-mormon who's shining a light on the truth why is it always the nuanced mormon uh, you know and patrick mason says we filled the truth cart too full uh it's never the it's never those 15 There's guys more it's,
3: of the cogmo, as garden put it <laughs> it's awful I'll the phone call is coming
0: from inside the house.
1: The thieves and charlatans. If you if you open up your eyes and go, let me just with with a new perspective. Go, do LDS leaders lie continually, repeatedly, and across the board?
0: And the answer is yes. Thanks, Martin. I thought he said Doug Anderson. So they okay. do know, as of the time that they're recording this, even on that weekend, that Doug Anderson was the name of the uh, PR guy who issued the statement. That was a bit occluded at first. So thank you for uh refreshing my recollection there Martine if we can go back to just a hair before that so we can get the next argument which is that the church wouldn't do something like this
4: I don't think the church would do this I think that's a really valid way to look at it like because I don't think the church would do this it's super weird for the okay, church but to also,
8: Doug isn't just some church employee like he's a director like he's high up
6: if like, you got 15 years sitting I... in that chair you got to be acting. You got to be cool as a cucumber, brother. And, and
4: what was his position again? Director,
7: Director
6: of, of media, media. media yeah.
4: relations, right? Yeah.
6: Yeah. Now, and by the way, so that we're citing our sources that we see. Okay,
0: now you can stop there, please.
6: Couldn't okay, possibly so- be.
0: This couldn't possibly be the way you, this happened. It couldn't be. Right. It couldn't be. And I saw someone commenting on my, uh, my video from yesterday, last night. Um, the same thing. In the comments, I see this over and over again, even now, even after 12 days of the church not saying anything and having everybody else carry their water up to it, including the governor of the freaking state of Utah, tell the public that this really is a real church release. It really is authentic. There are still people who refuse to believe it. And it reminds me of 1985 and 1984 with Hoffman, because we're going. This can't be real. No, I'm sorry. It's not so much that. That one seemed real, but then wasn't. But the policy of exclusion in 2015, this is exactly the same thing that many faithful Mormons were saying when it got leaked. No, this isn't my church. My church would never do something like this. When you said
1: 1985, 1984, I I thought you were going to say, we've never been at war with East Asia
0: (laughs) because it's the same kind of idea. Like I think we've always been at war with East Asia, haven't we, Yeah, Bill?
1: Yeah. And so um, this idea that you just can't see your church doing this thing, it doesn't make any sense. And and as time goes on, they'll all have to wrap their heads around this, figure out some way to make peace with it. Yes. Um, and uh, because their reality is upside down.
0: In church terms, that's the Holy Ghost telling you that this is wrong. Mm-hmm. When you're saying my church would never do this, that's the Holy Ghost or it's your conscience or it's whatever ethics you have, which were given to you by the church in large measure, telling you this is wrong. If you're saying my church wouldn't do this, you're saying it's wrong. What is it that tells you that your church would never do this? Right, it's your understanding
1: of right and wrong. It's your understanding of what precedent is. It's your understanding of what's happened before this moment. Um, it's the puzzle piece isn't fitting for
0: them. Right. Did you have anything you wanted to say here, Maven? Okay, we're going to go on now. They're going to confirm that the statement came from Doug Anderson. In other words, my church wouldn't do something like this, but it did. See, this is part of the, the back and forth, the ping pong in their head that they're bouncing off of both sides. My church wouldn't do this, but it did. My church wouldn't do this. But it did. Doug Anderson really did this. So if you'll play, and uh, I'll tell you where to stop if that's okay.
6: Who said they got this email from Doug Anderson? That Fox was 13. Fox, Fox 13 News. That was Fox 13 News. Okay. So Fox 13 News is telling us that this cat right here is the one that issued that uh, stirring denunciation, shall we say. And this guy it says right here, he's got a thousand followers on LinkedIn. He's the director of media relations for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, and that he's been there since January 2009. All right. So I mean, if you're sporting a 14, 15-year career over at the church office building, directing relations, and who knows how much before that, ah, uh, I don't know, dude. Let me tell you, the second Vice News calls, or if I email anybody in the modern press, especially an organization as psychotically deranged with Trump derangement syndrome. Can you hang on just a I second?
0: Cause he's ads. gonna go on and um, defame uh, Vice News again. They've confirmed the statement came from Doug Anderson. I mean, if there's any news agency that Cardin's going to take the word for, it's gonna be Fox News, right? So now he's not, he's trying to deal with it, but he can't quite because his church wouldn't do it, but they did it and it's confirmed and it's Doug Anderson and here's his LinkedIn page and all this stuff. But now he's going to go back to his trope about vice news is the worst news organization in the history of bad news organizations. So let him play that. And then I think Maven has something that she's going to want to add to this conversation.
6: If I email them, I will never think a single thing on that email. I better be comfortable with everything on that email going 100% public, including my email address. You are not dealing with honest and honorable people in the modern American press. And and if you were thinking you were, Doug, and they uh, took something out of context that you said, which I could see Vice doing, I could see them just uh, utterly copying and pasting and lying about what you said. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, these people, I'm not defending Vice here, but I'm just saying, I think you're a fool if you want to come forward and say, like, oh, this is not it to happen. I don't think you can say you're a 15-year uh, veteran of media relations if you deal with Vice and don't expect something heinous. Like this to happen so um let's go back to tim ballard okay so we stop there
0: so having confirmed that doug anderson is a real person with real experience who really would have issued this uh press release it's not a press release it's a response to a request for um by vice news a detailed Mm -hmm. request for comment by the church so having basically now concluded that it's real he's going to go back now to Vice News and how bad they are and that it wouldn't be past them to take it out of context or twist it or I don't know. He says copy and paste. I'm not sure what they'd be copying and pasting unless there were actually a statement to copy and paste from. Right. But
3: and then he said and lied, like making stuff up. So you're not really copying and pasting if you are actively making up lies. So again, just more. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense to say that.
1: And if and if the news agencies did something that the church actually did, they were Reiterating the church did something that the church actually didn't do. And then we go days of the church not responding. That also makes zero sense. Like if somebody said something the church didn't say and claimed the church did, the church would immediately follow up and set the record straight like that. The opposite of what it would
0: do is go silent. It's been 12 days. Yeah. Silence from the church and things are not getting better. Mm -mm.
3: Right. And I, I just wanted to say too. I I think probably a lot of people. I, I know. I know we try not to get political sometimes, but we we obviously do a lot because I, I mean these things are kind of connected. So I I'm not a fan of a news station as well. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say it's it's Fox News. But I have never ever said anything about that. Like I just I just thought this was so unhinged when I saw uh, Cardinella saying all of these things, like even, because yeah, even if you don't like a news source, even if you do think, and it's proven to be incredibly biased, to go as far as to assume that anything and everything that comes from them is just like heinous, deliberate, you know, I just, it just really is cartoonish, like cartoon villain levels of conspiratorial thinking about this news source. And I just, it just astounded me. Anyway, I'm ready. I've got this uh, clip. Uh, did you guys have anything to say before I No, I go pull ahead and introduce up? it, please. Okay. So this is from uh, Mormon Stories coverage. And so they had, I, I'm, now I'm worried about the name. So Tim Marchman and Anna, I don't know how to say her last name. And but uh, they're they're journalists yeah. from vice i think i want to say Merlone. people this chat it'll be on the, be the screen in here in a second, second folks yep it will be so anyway yeah so they are responding specifically to this so I, I just took the most relevant clips um um with this education i guess this little mini education on on how journalism works uh for these guys and this is in response to not any of the clips we're showing today but an, an earlier one again where they riff on a Uh, you know basically the same subject that they're i would say i would say
0: maven without even caring whether it's vice news or fox news what i know going into this is that the quickest way to end your career as a journalist is to make up a statement and pretend that it came from a source
3: right But uh, yeah, it's just amazing that they think that really this is what's happening behind the scenes. They're just like, let's just make up something and say that the church did it. You know, this is what the Mormon Church said and put it out there. And you know, it's just (laughs) just, juvenile.
1: Just to note one thing, if I go to Ward Radio YouTube channel, their their final line is um, well, second to final line, haters call this apologetics while some believe. Uh, believers call it defending Zion. We just call it fun. They say, be warned. We are not apologists. We are comedians, radio hosts and comics who simply call it how we see it. They're, they're not very good journalists either. And uh,
0: the question, what are they worst at being comedians or being apologists? Yeah. um, I don't think I've ever laughed once watching their show. They're not very good at either. Yeah. Okay. Maven, go ahead.
8: All right. Here we go, here's the clip.
0: And it's Anna Merlin Release This
8: statement on the LDS newsroom because the LDS newsroom issues press releases. Uh, this is not a press release. This is a response to a request for comment. I can't find any evidence that LDS newsroom ever runs the comments that they give to news outlets. So there's a very big difference between a press release and a statement to a news outlet. A press release is a piece of PR. A statement to a news outlet responds to our reporting. I don't know what to say about the claim that they haven't made a formal statement they did they gave us a statement and then it did not leak to other networks or news outlets those news outlets the trib desert news tv stations asked if our statement that we ran was legitimate was really from the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and confirmed that it was they got the same statement from the church and they ran it nothing leaked so i think the important thing for me here is that there is no kind of weird backdoor dealings here there is no leaking there is no subterfuge like we have been super clear about how we got this and so have these other outlets you know you can look on twitter and you can see that like the editor of deseret news is clarifying that this is also how he got it so the idea that was promulgated in that podcast that something strange is happening or something unusual what is unusual is the church giving us as an outside news outlet the statement i understand that i really don't want to downplay surprising it is because it was surprising for us too uh but the idea that there is anything sort of sketchy or questionable about the statement is just sort of not where it is sorry do you have anything you want to add
5: yeah i have a few things i want to add first off what i heard in that podcast i'm sorry it 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 cost me 40 iq points and i didn't have them to lose (laughs) i just can't believe that there would be five people having a conversation that inane it's embarrassing to listen to we are legally, ethically, and morally obligated to approach people about whom we're reporting for comment. And the substance of our report was about the relationship between Elder Ballard and Tim Ballard, uh, as described in a tranche of documents that we got under a public records request. We are not just going to dump that information online without getting everybody involved every chance to give us additional information, context, clarify things, dispute things, push back, say what they want to say. That's journalism. It's very very basic there was no way we were going to publish that story without giving elder ballard every chance to comment the official way to get to him for comment is to go to the church we went to the church through the email address that we've communicated with them before which is on their website we asked our questions we made them aware of what we were planning to publish Uh, we awaited a statement from them we were surprised by the nature of the statement but the reason they gave it to us is that This is not a matter of them proactively going out and deciding out of nowhere one day to say anything about Tim Ballard. They were asked specific, highly detailed questions about the relationship between Elder Ballard and Tim Ballard. uh, And this is how they chose to respond. That's it. There is nothing unusual about it. This happens all the time. It is routine. It has happened with us in the church before. The reason I'm, (laughs) I'm a little head up about it is that it's clear that there's become over the last few days, uh, a discourse based on a, a complete lack of understanding of the most basic information about how journalism works. And so everybody is talking about whether an official statement from the church that the church has confirmed as official many times to many outlets is actually an official statement from the church. And they're not talking about the important stuff we reported in that story, and I think it's ridiculous.
3: And Billy, I, I you just were laughing wanted to say, I actually... I'm sorry, Maven, go yeah, ahead. No, I wanted to say that they, I, I, Midnight Mormons has said something funny, when they were still Midnight Mormons, um, said something funny that made me laugh. And it, it was about comedy in general. They said that uh, like that, the ex-Mormons or, or atheists are never funny, but Mormons are. And that gave me a good laugh. So that's something yeah, that see, the difference said. that you,
0: hopefully, hopefully if you're doing it right, people are laughing with you and not laughing at you. Did... When he said okay. the five people talking made me lose
1: 40 points, IQ points. Was he talking about the Midnight Mormons? He was. Like, this Ward-
0: was yeah. the second show. This is the one I did all the notes on that I scrapped because it was a, a somewhat later episode where it has uh, the three Midnight Mormons, Mo, Larry, and Curly. And then it had Greg March, uh, Greg Matson, I think it is from the CWIC, the quick show. Uh, very um, conservative Mormon, I would say. And they also had Nathaniel uh, Givens on, who is uh, apparently mm-hmm. the son of um, Terrell and Fiona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That guy we should come with a nerd alert.
3: Too?
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. But Cardin Ellis has got to be very careful because if Cardin loses 40 IQ points, he's going to be in the <laughs> negative numbers.
1: <laughs> I'm just laughing because you asked why I laughed. It's because Vice News said that Midnight. Mormons, Ward Radio, are the village idiots. And they only, they yeah. haven't spent a lot of time. And I'm just in my head going like, man, I, it didn't take any of us very long, I don't think, on this side to figure that out. But that's just another example that it didn't take too long to figure it out, did it? that,
0: yeah. this is a of that village was a introduction. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, so let me see here what we're going to have next. So that was uh, in response to Vice is Bad, and they make stuff up. So that's after they're talking about poor Doug Anderson, the 15-year PR guy manager of uh, media relations, making stuff up or putting his own opinion in. And now we're going to go to a place where Tim Ballard says that Melvin Russell Ballard is like a grandfather to him. And they're going to, uh, I think they're going to say that this is a point in Tim Ballard's favor, when to me it speaks of a very, very unusually close relationship between Tim and
6: Melvin Dean himself um, passionately in front of the monuments of our forefathers in Boston Tim go now is that possible mm-hmm. no. I have never used Elder brother's name ever I've never treated on his name to ask for anything I've never had any business dealings with He's like like a grandfather to me. And Leo can testify to testify. He's a grandfather. He asked me to take him on this tour. President M. Russell Ballard asked me to take him on this tour. Now, I got to tell you, making the claim that he's like a grandfather to me, uh, that is shedding the aspersion of trafficking in his name. It's not like he said, hey, we were buddies for a while. We've done deals together, and I, I thought it was cool, you know? No. He's saying he's like a grandfather to me that's 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 pretty intense
0: so you see there where where cardin thinks that's a point in his favor i'm not so sure i share that interpretation Mm. okay so let's go ahead and play on and if Mm -hmm. anybody wants to throw in, go ahead and i'm looking at you maven but now we're going to go to the part where um l is going to join the conversation and when they play the part about uh tim ballard saying something evil is going on that seems to catch quake's attention in a big way
6: here what what what, tell me what you experienced by the way if anybody wants to share this with any news outlet do it share it something evil is going on I don't know who's behind it yet
9: yeah
7: that's powerful he just
9: said something evil is going on I don't know who's behind it yet that is yeah, there's Those this is, tough
6: and, and by the way, just I just will always day. trust the man that says anything I've said with anybody share it. Yeah, Meanwhile, let's I... stop there for
0: a second because Maven oh, had a comment she wanted to make about that point Cardin just raised.
3: Yeah, so I just want to recap real quick what it is that Tim Ballard said. Okay, so he says, by the way, if anybody wants to share this with any news outlet, do it, share it. And what Carden heard or turns that into is I'll trust the man that says anything I've said with anybody, share it. And I just, this is, it's so hard to watch these guys, but when I do end up having to <laughs> for shows like this, it's just amazing. <laughs> Those are very, very different things. And I think part of Tim's problem right now is that people are sharing things that he had, would rather them not to be sharing so yeah anyway that was my comment was just I think it's such a good point that you made because
0: you brought that up to me earlier today when we were talking on the phone I thought that was a great point it's also an indication of the lens through which Cardin is viewing the situation that he's viewing it through a lens that is very positive to Tim Ballard to the point where he will misinterpret things being said in his favor Mm. yeah all right so now we're going to go back Uh, to, to church. Yeah, Maven, did you have something else? Nope, that's it. No. Okay, so if you'll continue, something evil is going on. And now we're going to start calling names of church PR.
6: Church
9: office building people. I, I, These cowards wouldn't even put their name on the statement initially. Dude. They gave it to Vice and didn't even leave a name. That Fox 15 have to say, that, tick me off. I, I mean, mean, that is the most cowardice thing ever. You're going to publicly condemn a man who's dedicated his life to the church and then not even leave a name as to who's doing it. We have to find out hours later on one article when they say, I guess it was sent by this church. I mean, I don't know Doug Anderson, but if the narrative that seems to be true about how this went to be happened, then Doug has been a total coward in this situation. hundred percent.
0: Okay. Can we stop there? Pause again. (laughs) Okay. So now Doug is a total coward because he didn't attach (laughs) his name to it. Now, what I think immediately, apparently doesn't occur to any of them, that it's the leaders, the apostles, who authorize this, who never attach their name to it. And if anybody's a coward using this rationale, it is they. These are the right. guys who hide behind the skirts of people like Doug Anderson. Doug Anderson is the person who has to put it out there, put his name on it, Eventually came from his email account, right? And I think so. Take the take the hits from people like Cardin and Quaku. It's not the the apostles who anonymously gave it the stamp of approval and said, Go ahead and send it out. No, they hide behind the guys who Cardin is calling cowards.
3: Yeah. And this is where I feel like half of our sub clips that we um, play a lot or they, that you play a lot, Bill, would be, you know, here. where like the And I, I have them here, but I'm not as familiar with just like the first few letters I can see to know which button I'll be hitting before I do it. But there's the, you know, the, the trust us, you know. this, we never this idea
10: it. that the church is hiding something, that, which we would have to say as two apostles who have covered the world and know the history of the church and know the integrity of the first presidency in the corner of the 12 from the beginning of time there has been no attempt on the part in any way of the church leaders trying to
0: hide anything from anybody how every time i hear that i think i knew that i knew church leaders were old but i didn't know they were that old from How does he know all the yeah. leaders from the beginning of time, like Adam and Michael and like what, you no, know, just just <laughs> President Nelson
1: or, or, or yeah, just Joseph just, Smith yeah. and Brigham Young. Like that's <laughs> baloney. Yeah. <Right>. President <laughs> Nelson is. And then
3: there was the clip about the I think it was from the same conference because there were questions that were submitted. Right. I think that one was is Oaks, like the questions that we'll avoid. Right. Or I think, no, I think was that Ballard?
0: Again, it's Ballard. I'm, that was Ballard. Elder Ballard, yes. Same yeah, guy we're talking about tonight yeah, those a little those
3: bit. Be huh? The questions we don't answer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, so my only comment for that clip, what I had put in the outline, you know, when they said that was just, Are you new here? Anyway, it's it was and, amazing.
0: And by the way, this whole thing about calling them cowards really has nothing to do with whether the church approved it. Okay. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is just an ad hominem, although Cardin has explained to us that he never uses those. Are they making the
1: argument that while the church leaders never put their name to something that the PR people who are working under the church leaders and only doing, they're only doing what they're being asked to do. And then they go off and they formulate and articulate the statement the way the brethren would like to get the point across. I'm sure they give suggestions, the PR, and then the brethren go, yep, that's what we're going to do. We want to set it across that way. And Mm -hmm. then they're the ones who are supposed to put their name to it, the PR people, and the church leaders get to do not that. That makes no sense.
0: No, it doesn't to me either. Yeah. The next argument has to do with the fact that the statement was not on the church newsroom website. Still isn't. There's nothing there on the Mm -hmm. church newsroom website. Actually, I should probably check right now. And and it should be a note that
7: that things have come off of it. Things have come
1: off, but things have not gone up. Right. Things have come off. Things have come off the church website. You just did an episode on it last night. But things have not gone up on the website to address this issue.
0: No, but apparently the president of Hungary discusses faith and family at BYU. Yeah. That's that's the latest thing. Yeah, Let me just go down here a little bit. Latest temple news from the Church of Jesus Christ. We've got a lot of them, and they're all empty. And public invited to tour the Okinawa Japan temple. So there's nothing on the church news site. The newsroom, as far as news releases, clarifying anything, it's been 12 days since Friday, September 15th, still nothing up there. But um, the people from Vice News, they already said, yeah, this isn't a press release. This is a response to a news agency requesting comment. So it went to the news agency. It wasn't something the PR department put up on the, um, the newsroom, although I think they should, but obviously they disagree because they haven't. But here, if you'll continue to play, we'll find the, the argument about, well, it's not on the church newsroom website.
1: Did you have something, Maven, before I put that on? Oh, sorry.
3: No, RFM just
4: covered it. Sweet. I wonder, I wonder how that guy's feeling right now. Like what?
6: I, I want I want to extend grace to this man and say, look, m- maybe this... I want to extend grace to
0: this coward. Grace? Have Midnight Mormons ever extended <laughs> grace to anybody? I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, does same. this guy turn on a dime or what? Yeah. I want to extend grace to this coward. Have these guys ever <laughs> extended grace to anybody they disagreed with? Um, um I haven't seen it, but uh, <laughs> he wants to extend grace now, so I think we should do the Christ-like thing and allow him to do that. Let's see what he says I'll, after that. Field,
9: with a bunch of the freaking school kids texting them, being like, "LOL, the prophet like, hates like you, Doug, Dad." You know,
6: hi. Doug, reach out, my man. I reached out. I reached out to the church. I talked to the PR people. And I was given the rigmarole of you got to go to newsroom at churchofjesuschrist.org and all this other crap, even though I'm texting Which is the stupidest and, thing
9: to do because the newsroom didn't even have the gall to publish this. So we're supposed to go to the newsroom to get this information <laughs> when they got to leak it to Vice?
6: And and, I, and I'm only saying we have operated ethically within the channels that the church prescribes in order to get commentary on this very sensitive issue of did you as a formal church – and a large entity condemn an individual member without using the proper channels of the priesthood to denounce him. If you did, oh, amen. Okay, now,
0: can we stop here? That's the next part, because I want to save that. So, obviously, we've got Cardin here who is expressing chagrin and disbelief that Doug Anderson would not respond to his request to have him contact him. It's like uh, Snoopy versus the Red Baron is shocked that the director of church media relations would not reach out reach back out to Cardin to to clear up the self-admitted comedians who aren't funny right (laughs) right the most unfunny
3: comedians (laughs) and i think think they i mean they did what a lot of what other news outlets did but i you know because they they were saying that like desert news and the salt lake trip also got the same statement from the same spokesperson so not they didn't just steal it from vice or, or vice leaked it to them they got this a similar statement but i guess these guys didn't so i i feel like there's just the there's a little bit of um yeah maybe some self-importance some some ego that got bruised here that maybe they weren't important enough to get that same statement everyone else got so in the one that, that, that I, we're I not
0: playing i'm sorry in the one that we're not playing he does a similar thing with mitt romney because he says i supported mitt romney you know, and I reached out to him. He hasn't responded. I mean, come on the show, Mid. You know, it's like, come on, Midnight Mormons, and tell us the real scoop. He can't believe it. He is so put out over this. And now if we can just go back Personal. just like five seconds, because now Cardin is going to lose it. And he's going to, I believe he's going to accuse the church, saying, if the church did this, dot, dot, dot.
6: The issue... Of did you, as a formal church and a large entity, condemn an individual member without using the proper channels of the priesthood to denounce him? If you did, oh, amen to your priesthood, amen to your priesthood. If you didn't, and if this is all just a misunderstanding, we suggest you talk and you clarify that.
2: Okay, but can right we stop now, here?
6: We're not talk, and we're. By the way, this
1: has nothing to do with whether Tim Ballard is innocent or guilty of anything. What, what Cardin is taking a stance on is that regardless of whether he gets shown in a proper priesthood, disciplinary council, uh, to have done something bad, something wrong, regardless, there's no way on the front end to operate outside of church procedure and church channels to do this. So I'm I'm just going to call on Cardin Ellis as this all unfolds, At some point, you're going to have to kind of reuse mental gymnastics and reconcile somehow what you just said, which is if they did what they did, that they actually did do, amen to their priesthood.
0: And Thank you for bringing uh, that up, Bill. Thank you for bringing that up, Bill, because this is not this past weekend, but the weekend before last weekend that this is being recorded. And what we are finding out is that indeed the church did do this. And what Cardin says is, amen to the priesthood. Amen to your priesthood is referring to the last few verses of section 121. Every good Mormon knows this, which talks about what happens if you exercise unrighteous dominion. And the revelation says, amen to the priesthood of that man. What he is saying is that the church leaders, if they did this, have forfeited their priesthood.
3: Which just goes more back to the ego, the upset at being kind of dissed and not being responded to by Mitt Romney or the likes of the church PR department. But to also feel that he's in a place where he can say that to the leaders of the church, it's pretty astounding. He obviously thinks very highly of himself in multiple realms that he does not belong in. I think that he thinks he has more influence or should have more influence than he does. It's amazing. And and just so hypocritical, because obviously they hate any time that we point out anything that church leaders do that is wrong or or just dishonest, all of this stuff. So, right, it's just, but he'll, he'll say amen to their priesthood.
0: I think this clip needs to be saved just so he can be confronted with it at a later point after it is beyond dispute, which I think it is already, that the church did do this. Does he still stand by his comment, amen to their priesthood? This is
1: cognitive dissonance being lived out loud right in front of you. And and the church doesn't respond.
0: Oh, there's the church response. Yeah, yeah. Right there. It's just crickets. crickets. So we've gone from church PRs cowards, statements not on the church newsroom, amen to the priesthood, if the church did this, which they did. And now I think Quaku's going to correct Carden about doug being an official channel because i think carden's gonna just push he he's like the coyote in the trap who is chewing his leg off to get free and carden keeps and and keeps keeps sticking him back in the trap and saying i know you're trying to get free of this but you know yeah he's an official spokesman or spokesperson What, what does what do
1: the what does word radio previously known as the midnight mormons what what do they criticize you and me for? And they criticize us for criticizing the church.
0: And what are they doing right here? Oh, yeah, in spades. Yeah, this is why everything's so topsy turvy right now. It's so so fascinating to live in this time and to watch this occurring. Yeah, I, not that
1: it has anything to do with tonight's episode. But I just did an episode. I just did a show this uh, afternoon on the Salt the Lake Latter- Tribune. La- Latte. Latter Day Lattes, yes. Latter Day Lattes, yeah. And uh, it was it was study done uh, that came out that the Salt Lake Tribune published the the results on, which was that twenty five percent of active Mormons have partaken of tea, coffee, or alcohol in the last six months, and twenty percent of temple recommend holding Latter Day Saints have partaken of tea or coffee in the last six months. Mormons all across the the country are having some sort of cognitive dissonance and realizing that these men aren't worth placing your trust in. And you're getting to see, I mean, that expression right there on Carden's face, you're getting to see a guy who took a knife on an airplane being bothered by what his church does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is a a photograph of a man crapping his pants. (laughs) All right, I'll play it if you're ready. Please.
6: And you clarify that. But right now we're not getting talk and we're not getting clarity and it's making us think you either got you either not in control of your own PR department. We all know how that goes. It's a big organization. It's a worldwide church. That's we can't it. be batting 1000 as more. There's mortals, another excuse. Okay, But you got to come out and you got to say that because if not, you're having some of the most enthusiastic defensores of you saying did the church just denounce an individual without talking to his bishop without talking to a stake president without talking to x y or z and if he did do it what is it for well they haven't said what it's for yet just this vagary of morally unacceptable behavior
4: yeah i i think when i look at the fox 13 article where we got the info on um doug anderson being the person behind this they say um you they quote tim ballard saying i can't believe the church did this i truly don't can you imagine the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints would publicly condemn one of its members and then they say apparently the answer is yes they would the church's statement was sent by doug anderson from his official church of jesus email address and so again this is a different news organization saying this is completely the church's statement and then backs it up with just Doug Anderson sent it from his official
6: I have address. an old old fairmormon.org email address. If I rant on how incompetent I think the PR division of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is uh to some I don't know uh, beat reporter for the LA Times, it doesn't mean that I'm uh, officially commenting on behalf of all of Fair Mormon
9: yeah. Enter I mean, the Quaker that kind of does. If you're the director of media relations for fair Mormon, can we pause uh, well, now?
0: We're <laughs> starting. <laughs> okay. I see, like, Quaker corrects him. Go ahead, Maven.
3: I, well, I just want to invite Carter since he's still got a, a fair email address to go ahead and start blasting out statements to people and, uh, and see what happens
1: acting as if you're fair.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. See what happens. See what fair but, does. If you say quickly. something crazy, yeah.
3: Right. That would be shut down. Like Scott he's, Gordon he's making it sound like
8: yeah. yeah Steve Densley. Just, they would just no way.
3: Yeah. So he's welcome to kind of test out this theory to see like how just incompetent people are, just believing anything that comes from an email address. Um, I think he would find out very quickly what would happen. So
1: some sometimes I get so there's this new uh, fishing thing that happens in and fishing with the pH at the front, um, catfishing where you'll get a text message from somebody who pretends they're trying to reach out to somebody else. Hey, how's Betty doing? How did her hospital visit go? And the moment you go, I'm not Betty, then now the person starts to play on like, well, you sound really nice. And they try to get information from you. This has happened to me 10 or 12 times in the last six months. The way he's talking about this is he's trying to come up with some way in which somebody who isn't with the church happened to just get the email wrongly, get a text message wrongly. And they respond back. Yeah, I'm the LDS church and this is what I think. And, and he, you know, somehow it just some person off there in the, in the, uh, the ether just responded to a request from vice and we all just trusted it hook, line and sinker. And these are the only guys, these guys are right here. These are the only guys who got it figured out. They're, they're a smart cookie. They know how journalism works.
0: <laughs> yep. So here's the next part. The next part is really interesting because Cardin now is going to go through the different options of what the answer could be to this <laughs> enigma. And he summarizes by saying all of the options he can come up with are wildly unethical. This is the box that faithful members are put in by this statement. They go this way to try and get out and they hit a wall. So they stop and they go this way to try and get out and they hit a wall. They go backwards, they hit a wall. It's completely walled in. They're in a box canyon. They're trapped. And you watch them hit the wall, it's like watching a zumba operate. They bounce off this wall, then they go bounce off this wall, then they bounce off this wall. And this is exactly what I see Cardin doing in this next part. And I it doesn't
1: I I just want the audience to know it doesn't uh, fall past us. We all we all sort of recognize having covered the conspiracy Joseph Smith polygamy stuff recently that this is more conspiracy thinking the answer that's right in front of you can't be the possible thing it has to be something else um uh the the Mary the the Lot Bible uh it, it can't possibly be that the Melissa Lot married Joseph Smith it has to be that somebody sabotaged the Bible mm-hmm. Very um, nice these one. These uh, Nauvoo expositor affidavits—they just can't possibly be describing the actual original document. They, the um, uh, what's the the lady that? Um, oh my goodness, I'm going blank. But uh, yes. in his expose, John C. Bennett wrote about Martha Brotherton. Martha Brotherton—that yeah. can't—that affidavit can't possibly be legit. Uh, you try well, to twist can. and turn that Michelle just Stone, Stone thinks it, it is. Go ahead, um,
3: Maven. Yeah. Yeah, Brigham. The part about Brigham Young, we can split this story in half from the same source, from the yeah, same everything. Brigham's a bad guy. That, yeah, that's that part's true, but the part about Joseph Smith, whom we love and uh, and revere, that, that's the part that's the fake news. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, nah. this this is more conspiracy thinking. Here we
6: go, uh, okay. It Okay, kind
9: of does if you're the director of media relations for Fair Mormon.
6: Uh now now we're if starting he, to get in the nitty gritty. If yeah. you were
9: the janitor on uh, uh, <laughs> of of Key Bank, it doesn't mean you're speaking for you know Desert yeah. First Credit Union. But this is, I mean,
5: good point. This
9: is the guy, I mean, the director of media relation for 15 years sent this device condemning Tim Ballard, calling him a betrayer, and saying he's doing things that are morally unacceptable.
6: And so, look, look, if this is all uh, the Mitt Romney camp putting pressure on a MAGA candidate and using the church and PR representatives as leverage, wildly unethical. If that's not true and it's just, you know, this Doug guy as a rogue operator uh, casting aspersions upon a fellow member simply because he's running for a political office and he didn't like that campaign or that person or whatever, wildly unethical. If it is a church who doesn't have handle of its own employees well enough that it can't keep them from doing this kind of thing and it happens and they don't come out and say no we love our members all of our members in good standing will be treated ethically this is a rogue actor or else a rogue politician or a rogue whatever wildly unethical like like in, in all 15 scenarios we look at so far the treatment of tim Baller to me has violated every I- is tim
9: ballard sweeney todd and he's making people in the pies and we don't know it like <laughs> yeah. I, he had to have done something horrific for them like nah this was so bad we didn't even bother with the stake president bishop yeah straight to it like the cops are on their way to arrest him right now like that's the only way Pretty so, i mean because this is effectively excommunicating somebody is, from the fold publicly this that's is what such this is. a
4: stupid yeah. thing to have done because like even when mitt romney was running for president the church
0: can didn't... you stop for just a second cuz they're going to get into the mitt romney uh conspiracy theory too i don't i don't know if any of the, uh, these are true i just see them desperately grabbing for a lifeline cuz they're sinking and everyone that gets thrown to them has an anchor tied to the other end and now i just want to go ahead
3: oh, sorry with with all of these things they're thinking because it's and a lot would kind of wrap up together right it's it's not you know if it if it's the mitt romney campaign we've got that plus this rogue actor right plus this plus that um you know plus just the misinformation or whatever and vice is it like everybody's got to be in on it right for all these things to be happening mitt plus vice plus the church pr i just got to say this it's it's just more of if this is the scenario, okay, if you if you're really thinking about this from a believing point of view where this is the this is God's restored church on the earth that is led by fifteen apostles, prophets, seers, revelators. they've got they've got a direct connection to God. yet all of this is happening right under their noses. Boy, it's it's just isn't it an admission that God is weak? And Satan is strong. Satan is stronger than God. If this is true, if this is really, if this idea in their minds is really what's happening here, I, I don't think they realize what their, the scenario that they're putting out, what it what it means for them, and just how little power the the leaders or even God Himself has to to keep control of His kingdom here.
0: That is a great point. And you'll notice of those three points, uh, Cardin counted 15. I counted three points that he brought up of possibilities that he classified each of them as being wildly unethical. There was one obvious point that he did not mention. Do you know what that is, Bill? He's no dodo, by the way. No. No. I don't Um, know if he's even read a few books. They might be comic books, but...
1: The one thing he didn't mention was that this actually happened the way the news agency reported it happened.
0: Right. And the church is the one that is behind this. They did it and he doesn't like that they did it. By the way, Quaku's gonna be the one, after he gets done doing the the Mitt Romney idea, Quaku is the one who's gonna bring him around to that and say, hey, there's one thing you didn't mention. So let's go ahead and play it, and let's hear about Mitt Romney. Uh, By the way, for anybody who doesn't know, and anybody from the future, Mitt Romney is one of the two state senators from Utah to the United States Senate. He has announced he's gonna resign his seat Sean Reyes, who's the AG in Utah, is that right? The attorney general in Utah? That sounds right. Mm-hmm. I hope so, because I'm in a different state. Bill, if you don't know this. Okay, I, I don't I know directly, but I he, think so. He was going to. I think he had announced that he was going to seek to fill that spot by running to fill the spot that Mitt Romney was vacating. But then all of a sudden he says, no, I'm not going to, because I'm going to make way for this super patriot, this warrior who everybody understood was going to be Tim Ballard. So what they are suggesting is, is that Mitt Romney did not want Tim Ballard to fill Mitt Romney's seat that he's vacating in the Senate because Tim Ballard is just too far right. He's a MAGA Republican and that Mitt Romney wants somebody who is more middle of the road, like he is. Okay. And so that Mitt Romney inserted his fingers into the church office building and got the leaders of the church to authorize this statement, in order to cut Tim Ballard's attempt to be in the Senate off at the knees, so he wouldn't be able to fill Mitt Romney's seat.
3: The and full they, they kind of go into this is, this is stupid. Sorry, thing. they kind of go into that that there might be something bad about Tim, but it's it's clear from how they go about it with just hyperbole that, you know, it's so bad that the cops are on their way there right now. You know, when like, when the accusations that are being put out about Tim, if they are true, the, that's not how the law works. Evidence is gathered The the police go when they've got enough that they think we can get this guy to trial. Right. Is that how it works? RFM. You don't just immediately. Not
0: always. arrest. (laughs) Believe me. It's how we would like to think. (laughs) But I think that what Quake who's I agree with you. I think what Quake is saying is he's using hyperbole to say, is this, you know, is this Sweeney Todd? Is he making people into meat pies? And is right. he somebody who's so bad in doing such horrific things that it would justify a statement such as this being made by the church?
9: Mm. To it, like the and cops are on their way to arrest him.
0: Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I just didn't know if the details, I I think actually some of the spec- more specific details about what Tim is being accused of, I think were not released at this time. I think they have been reported on by Lynn Packer mm-hmm. and the likes. That, so I think rumors had been going around. So I guess maybe in in fairness to them, what, I, what I'm sitting here thinking about what the accusations are against Tim, I don't. Think those were out quite yet? When I think they out. were.
0: I think they were all touched on in that original September fifteenth vice article, and I could be wrong, okay. but I'll look it up while you're doing this because I think they touched on all three main things, which was the psychic Tim Ballard wanting to convert Americans to Mormonism through this and his business relationship with Elder Ballard, um but also well, the sexual I, harassment I claims. In, yeah. I think yeah. so.
3: The sexual harassment and actually like with the the child trafficking you know, which which you got from the operative on your episode. That's also something I heard before he talked about it there. But anyway, um, so maybe, maybe those details, I don't, because I, I guess I'm just wondering, what do they know about the accusations? And do they think that those are either not that bad, and that's why they don't bring them up here, and they go the hyperbole route? You know, or do they just, they really not know? And that's something I'm not sure about. That's
1: all. I'll also say, I mean, folks should check out uh, Radio Free Mormon interviewed a past operative in the uh, Operation Underground Railroad, but there was also a second operative that I sent you. He, I think, he does his own podcast. I don't have his name in front of me, but I sent you the audio. RFM. It was Rex, um, somebody,
0: I think he's yeah. like a, a personality in Utah, maybe.
1: And he was an operative in their organization as well. And he had it's when wrecked. he heard all this go down. He reached out to all of his sources that were still inside, and he he essentially told his audience on the podcast that if you'll just be patient, lots of, the, again, this is from him, this isn't from us, these are allegations that, that he made and uh, others made to him, but that Tim was having lots of affairs, sleeping with uh, women, um, doing other things with women, and and sort of manipulating them by telling them that they had to do these things so that they would look like the baddies as they were trying to convince the baddies. And then your operative uh, shared that they would go to strip clubs and uh, enjoy intimacy in the name of the operation. They did not
0: enjoy those bill Real. They hated those lap dances. Um, yes. Except you. they had to, they had no. to pretend to be happy and joyous, which they, was didn't exactly. the job they, they had to remember For the children. children always for the children lap dances for the children
1: yeah and so there are things that are maybe not exactly in the public eye yet but at least being discussed by the very members of tim's organization at one point about some of these things that have gone on that are deeply questionable
0: and I've, i've reviewed this i just scanned through that article from september 15th it is possible that they don't touch on the sexual harassment allegations in that through my brief okay. scanning of it again, um, I don't see that in here. So maybe they were okay. not aware they of that wouldn't at know. the time.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: All right, so are we, let me see here.
3: We're almost We're ready there. to yeah, hit the, the, the play button, yeah. and
0: they're going to talk about Mitt Romney. And then after they talk about Mitt Romney, so we don't uh, break it up here, then Kwaku is going to remind Cardin that he missed an option. A possibility that the church did it, and they made a huge mistake.
9: Right now, like that's the only way. Yeah. So I mean, because this is effectively excommunicating I, I somebody is,
4: from the
0: fold publicly.
9: This that's is what such this a is.
4: stupid yeah. thing to have done. Because, like, even when Mitt Romney was running for president, the church didn't officially endorse him. You know, the church stays out of
0: Brad calling the church
4: government. stupid. You know, they they don't get involved yes. in this political stuff. So, like, I I just find myself over and over thinking why would anyone do this yeah what was the point How, who does this help mm-hmm.
6: yeah so it's like was this you i hope it's not you you can come on our show you can clear things up i could see this not being you because i've I, i've always viewed you as mistaken in the past five to six years sometimes but, but generally like you but generally a wildly ethical person all right and we all make mistakes sometimes. If this is something that got out of control, fine. Now, if I, you have nothing I to do, no, let me know.
2: I, nice.
4: I honestly don't think that there are people in the church, like PR department, taking orders from Mitt Romney. That doesn't do. sound, dude. I have
6: unironically heard him called
4: the
9: Thirteenth Apostle.
6: <laughs> the Thirteenth Apostle by who? By people out, there. um,
7: by sources who will not be named.
6: Uh, yeah, so, coward. I mean, but, but I mean. To be fair, the source it's
9: also hyperbole. said it's, the source did say that it's hyperbole, it's, it's hyperbole <laughs> okay.
6: but he didn't come up with the term. Remember that. So um, they again, actually, this is
4: all still. This is all still. Hey, we've got a really good point from Luke Hansen. No smoking guns. Either here. something is up with Tim Ballard or the church relations guy. If Tim is in the clear, I don't know how the church could not either fire or at least demote the spokesperson. That's right. Okay, can
0: we stop for just a second? Like, because Luke Hansen, I think he's the he's like the uh, the brother of Jacob Hansen, is that true? Well, regardless of oh, who yeah. he is,
3: I I notice what he Not says. A
0: yeah, there's there's only two possibilities here: either something's up with Doug Anderson, or something's up with Tim Ballard. No, Luke, Luke, let the force guide you, and understand that there is a third option. And that could be something's wrong with the church who issued the statement. And Quake is going to remind him of it.
3: Forrest is Latter-day skeptic. So just to say real quick, sorry, if that is not, Luke is not Latter-day skeptic. That's that's Forrest. So, yeah, sorry.
0: That's okay. I'm sorry. So this is Luke who who is apparently, he's pro, pro pro-church. And that's why he can't even envision, he can't even see the possibility that it actually is what it obviously is or at least what it plainly seems to be. That can't be it. But Quaku is going to point out that there is another option, and it involves the church.
4: I agree with Luke on this.
7: Tim does not
2: look like he's acting but there's also we'll there's also the, the possibility
4: there's also the possibility that tim ballard has done something that we don't know about there's also there's, the possibility that the church done f up <laughs> <laughs> i know and we've already explored that so maybe well no we i can have, have an we, opportunity we, ex- to go hey, no, forward right. another option yeah. without we had getting
9: the it. We had, we've, we've explored only that doug anderson I'm talking about people above him. We've not explored no,
4: that. No, Cardin 100% laid that out in one of his options. Oh, really? I thought you were only yes. talking about Doug. I didn't hear that. I, I don't I, know if you were paying attention I, or not. I, I didn't hear did. that at all. I, oh, Brittany, did Brad, you hear don't it?
6: Don't get angry. Don't get angry, Brad.
4: Brittany didn't it hear it either, scared. so it's not, not just me. It,
7: I did not hear it explicitly stated.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, look, look, th- there always is the chance that Tim Ballard did something morally unacceptable here, but it, they kind yeah. of alluded to No, no. He's talking
0: about the church.
6: Behavior would be. And it seems like in the statement by Doug Anderson, that morally unacceptable behavior would be um, using the church's name and the name of M. Russell Ballard as an endorsement for your um, Operation Underground Railroad organization, which to us does not it doesn't seem like the punishment of a public rebuke like that would fit the crime. I mean, there's been tons of politicians that have tried to cozy up. Okay, I think
0: we're done with this particular clip. But um, the whole thing is this is that even when it's pointed out to Carden, not only by Quaku, but by Carden's wife, that no, he really never touched on the issue of the church could have done this. And Quaku even says the church done effed up. That's a possibility, Carden. Carden then takes that and starts talking, not about the church, but once again talking about Doug Anderson.
1: This is one of the first times where I perceive word radio as crossing. again, they cross the line all the time with things, but in terms of the church going like, Ooh, you're criticizing us in ways that run really close. And I just, I, it's as snarky as these guys are. And as much as they try to be funny and say just off the wall stuff and go to extremes, I would have never have thought that they would be this close to what I would call apostasy.
0: And and right. sweet little Brad even says that if the church did this, I just think this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with him on that, but, you know, Brad's the one who's the apologist. He's in supposed to be that, defending the church, not calling them stupid. And the fact that they changed their name, I mean, somebody had
1: to have gone to them and said, like, we don't use the word Mormon anymore. Knock it off. Because they, 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 they changed this, uh, Midnight Mormons, which at least from a branding purpose, I think is really good. I think it's going to attract a lot of people searching for things
0: on Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Ward radio is just a shitty, shitty name. It just, yeah. And they had, it was for the longest time was midnight Mormons strike through Mormons, you know, and they made a deal out of that and whoever it was, who gave them the advice that we want you to come up with the most boring name possible for your show instead of midnight Mormons.
1: Useless and the fact that they changed it to a really horrible, non-searchable name shows you that they were bending their will to somebody's, and and now here you are just weeks later, maybe a month or two later, and they're already uh, throwing the church kind of under the bus and criticizing
0: it. Did you have something you wanted to say, Maven, before we go to the next clip?
3: I did. Um, this is something, so I know, I think we've established that they didn't quite know what the- the, uh, allegations or the extent of the allegations that would come out about Tim, but we had a comment, um, and, uh, and I've seen it. It's also been posted under your coverage of it, RFM, and it, people also posted it with the vice thing. And I think it's, I don't know if they meant it sarcastically or not, but, um, or, you know, or because a lot of, of Tim Ballard's supporters are saying things like this, but I just want to point out. How disgusting it is. So I just want to lay out really quick that some of these allegations, right, first of all, it, it, were that Tim, under false pretenses, lied and coerced and uh, women into sexual activities that they would not have agreed to had they not thought that, that this really was part of this, you know, great overall operation. And it seems like that um, Elder Ballard was approving of these extramarital things because, again, of the overall mission. And not only that, but the operative that was on your show talked about how one of the strategies, they would continuously ask for younger and younger uh, victims to be brought to them. So Most in a way, way they were kind of creating yeah, more demand because whenever they would go somewhere, they would want girls, they would ask for young girls. They would be 18 or something. They would want younger. They would want, you know, they just kept asking that. And, um, and then they, he said they would also offer more and more money every time. And to the point that he talked about a woman who's in poverty, who eventually, because these rich white Americans are asking for and demanding and asking and, and raising the price for what they want to pay for younger and younger children, she signs up her own children so he's created he's trafficked children it's a, it's entrapment these are huge things hugely problematic and i the number of times that when this this kind of stuff and especially this episode on the operative if you see some of the comments there they they tell him you know uh, you know Trevor, I think, was that what he was going by. Like, you clearly weren't cut out for this. If you can't, you know, I couldn't do the dirty work either. But if you can't, you know, it's kind of like if you can't sand the heat, get out of the kitchen. And uh, a lot of people were saying things, you know, on the with Mormon stories and the vice thing, like, look, if you're going underground, sometimes you got to get dirty. And I just that's true. In, in part, there are a lot of things like that, but it should not apply to child trafficking. You should not have to traffic children to fight trafficking children. You should not have to sexually assault women, you know, coerce them and lie to them uh, in order to get your jollies in order to save children. That is not the kind of getting dirty anybody should get if if you're really trying to save children. And I, it's just astounding to me that people will genuinely comment this. As if just like, you know what, that's just kind of how that's part of, you know, these kinds of operations. That's just how they go. Yeah, like I get if you're maybe if you're if you're fighting drugs and, you know, warlords there. Yeah, maybe you buy drugs, but that's really, really different than buying children. It's not the same thing. And it's really, really gross.
1: It's very possible. It's very possible that the the children that they've rescued again, they've claimed they've rescued children. It's very possible that a large number of the children they rescued, they actually self-created. In other words, when you go out and you ask poor people for children for sex, and those poor people, sooner or later, you're going to find someone who's willing to go capture a kid, as you're saying, and bring them forward. And then you rescue them, and you may have just rescued the kid that you actually caused to be put into the sex trade business anyway, to be trafficked in the first place.
0: Right. Can I just float an idea here? I'm not going to go into detail about it, but I haven't mentioned it before. Maybe I'll do a podcast about it. I've got real reservations about this whole couple's ruse that Tim Ballard is talking about. The couple's ruse where they have a woman who pretends to be his wife and goes down there with him so that when the bad guys say, okay, you need to prove that you're you're a child, uh, a pedophile too, and here's a kid, and you know, uh, do something with this kid to prove that you're legit, right? And then the wife is supposed to go, no, no, he's my man, no, no. Okay, are these child sex traffickers the stupidest people on the planet, is what I wonder, Because I can't imagine anybody being fooled by a ruse like that. I just can't imagine it happening in real life. Which makes me then wonder, is the couple's ruse itself a ruse? that Tim Ballard created in order to have these women go down with him and pretend to be his wife.
1: Yeah. And there's lots of other evidence that seems to indicate that he manipulated these situations in order to gain close proximity to these women in intimate
0: spaces. And I want to make it clear. That's not an allegation on my part. It is a question that I have because he has been on record and on video talking about, this couple's ruse thing that he, that he, that he came up with. It was his idea. I just don't see how that works in real life. If I'm a child sex trafficker and a guy's there with his wife and I, I mean, is this standard operating procedure that pedophiles bring their wives with them when they come down, they want to traffic and small children. Is that common?
3: I, I think too, this is kind of the Mormonism at play here because women absolutely do participate in trafficking. And, and the sex trade as well. But I think, again, for Tim, like I, I maybe he's still just stuck in this, this framing of like women are wives. So if there's women joining my team to help in this thing, um, I can't imagine them playing a different role, a more realistic role for what a woman might be involved in in this industry. Um, she's my wife. That's the only role I have for slotting women in if you're not a psychic. I guess so. So apparently these wives are okay if their
0: husbands, these wives are okay with their husbands or diddling little kids when the wife's not around. It's only when the wife is there that she says, no, no, this is my man. I don't think this is a real thing. I'm sorry. No, it just doesn't pass the smell test for me. And I think it was something that was created by Tim Ballard for a different reason than the one that he's putting forward. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got to play another clip. We've only got like four more, these are separated from that long clip that we played. Okay. This one's a 35-second clip. You'll all be glad to hear that. It's from 46.25 to 47.00, and this is where they are ruminating on when will the church make a statement to clarify whether what Vice News reported as a church statement is real. I've got
3: it, Bill, if you want me to put it on. or. There- I'm not hearing anything. Are
0: you? I'm not either. By the way, is there a way to crank up the volume on this? It is just a little bit below our level.
3: I'll put mine up. I think mine might be a little bit louder. Else before you we finish, we'll listening? give
4: it a go. I I just feel like I I want to know when the church is going to make an official statement on this. I, I I'm sure that they will now. Like
7: it better
10: be out Monday morning. It
4: probably will be. I think Monday we'll see something from the church on actual LDS newsroom, and I. Yeah, I wonder what's going to go on with um, whether this was just Doug being the only one to do something. Doug being Whether Doug. there's any connection with anyone else. There you go. <laughs> okay, so, and this is what oh, I Doug. thought.
0: This is what I thought. Now, this Monday, the Monday they're talking about isn't this past Monday. This is September 27th tonight that we're talking. This isn't this past Monday on the 25th. This was on the 18th. That's the Monday they're talking about. And cardinellis's wife, and I forget her name, and I apologize. Was it Rebecca? Uh, I can't quite remember. But she says what she thinks is, it better be Monday morning. You guys better not be sitting on this. You need to clarify this now. Well, they've been sitting on it for 12 days, and there's no end in sight of their sitting on it. So that's that one. Any comments from anybody else here before we go to the next one? If only these guys, these top fifteen men could see around corners, you know? If I'm well, busy running into them. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 57.05 to 59.00. It's a little less than two minutes. Here's Brad Whitbeck summing up the story. You have this
4: one. I think that basically that helps sum it up. Like that there's been some developments. We now know it was a official like person in the church who sent that out to vice we still don't know the nature of whether it was just his opinion or whether this was supposed to be an official church statement we have tim ballard's uh video that he did in response to this where he makes some very valid points of hey how come his stake president wasn't addressed about this how come his bishop wasn't addressed about this why would the church church in an official capacity send out something to
3: is it skipping for you guys or is it okay
0: no stop a little bit
3: okay bill maybe we should do yours sorry about that everyone do we want to just let's just do that
0: yeah what maven did was she downloaded the entire episode in case it had in case they were going to take it down so we wanted to preserve this for posterity that's what you were using right maven the downloaded version and bill's going off of the actual youtube channel no no i've got i've got no, maybe got this got version as well
4: letter.
0: oh yeah okay well, let's see if yours works i
3: have something different up though yes yeah.
4: a official like person in the church who sent that out to vice we still don't know the nature of whether it was just his opinion or whether this was supposed to be an official church statement we have tim ballard's uh video that he did in response to this where he makes some very valid points of hey how come his stake president wasn't addressed about this how come his bishop wasn't addressed about this why would the church in an official capacity send out something to vice news of all like news organizations (laughs) to be like their mouthpiece on this rather than reach out and take care of things with Tim either quietly or make something on their own church newsroom. I'm just going to say it. It looks like the church is messed up. That's what it looks like.
6: Somebody asked in the chat, is it possible that Doug Anderson's email got hacked? And I'm like, dude, at this point, that's not off the table because I think
0: we, I think we can stop there article in the same day. <laughs> yeah. So once again, uh, Quake, who's once reiterating that the church goofed up, he, he sees it as the church goofing up. He's adding two plus two. He's getting four. And even a broken clock is right twice a day. I think he's 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 operating on all cylinders right now. But but. That's the summary uh, that Brad gave. Any comments before we go to the next clip?
1: I just think it's interesting to see Kwaku is at a point where he is beginning to call the church out when he sees them messing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting maybe to watch the next few years, because once you start to think the church could be wrong about things or that they're not being honest or that they're hiding things, the rabbit hole begins and Alice goes to Wonderland.
0: Nice literary reference there, Bill. And Quaker's going to continue with this sentiment in the next clip. It's 36 seconds long. It's from 1.00.24 to 1.01.00. 01. And, and what's, what's the
1: what's the topic of this one? Quaker finds process. this very troubling.
3: That's the, the one I, I labeled it if you downloaded mine.
1: I did. What what is it? What's the name of it?
3: Horrific precedents.
1: Yeah, let's see here. I've got it right here. I just gotta find it. Um, where are you hiding? Pins and needles. Yeah, let me apologize for just a moment. I need to see horrific. I had
3: like it up, and I wonder if maybe that's why it was skipping. I can try again, and and if it is skipping, and you find well, it, we'll put it up.
1: Yeah, I've got it. I've got it here. If you just, if we can just wait okay. two more seconds here, um, one point zero zero
9: point two four
1: horrific precedence. There we are. Here we are.
9: In to me, this is this is very troubling because we can't escape that an official with with some power with an official ChurchJesusChrist of dot Sent a con a condemning statement about a personal member. I mean, what's what's to stop that from happening to us?
8: And he roped in M. Russell Ballard <laughs> too.
9: Like, like
8: an apostle. What
9: happens? We wake up one day and the church has issued a statement saying Ward Radio and those, yeah. you know, that could happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, this sets a horrific precedent.
0: Yeah, I'm still waiting for that to happen. Actually, I can't understand what's keeping that statement. <laughs> but yeah, who's troubled yeah. now. Here he shifts though, because here he's shifting a bit and it's not so much the church, it's Doug Anderson doing it and roping in elder Ballard. That's what sets the horrific precedent to him. So he's talked about the church could have effed up as he put it or goofed up as he said later on. But now he's turning away from the church and more toward Doug Anderson.
1: Yeah, can can you imagine? There's any point where somebody in the church PR department sits at their desk and they open up their email and there's vice news asking for a comment. And somebody's just like, yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, I know what the brethren would say. I'll just type it in right here and I'll just send it on its way. I don't need to ask anybody. I'm just going to throw out my answers and sure. It'll be good. Sure. It'll be good. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing.
0: And I think that they were fully expecting that the following Monday, the church would issue a clarification on its official newsroom website that's what yeah. i thought that's what they thought i think a lot of people thought that and we were all wrong and it didn't right so here's I the final clip that, i'm sorry go ahead, too,
3: that, yeah sorry. i just think it, it's ironic that he kind of throws out this concern like hey this could happen to us which again was another moment of like yes are you new <laughs> for me but with this episode in particular, they've done the most they've ever done before to potentially start that process happening. So I just thought that was really interesting.
0: It is. They don't have to worry a bit because the reason the church responded this way is because they are, this is speculation on my part, but it seems obvious to me. The reason they responded in this way to Tim Ballard is because they knew that Tim Ballard was going down and they are scared to death that he's going to take Melvin Ballard with him. By the way, Melvin is the first name of Melvin Russell Ballard. That's what the M stands for. Yeah, it's
1: in honor of Grandpa, the guy who received uh, a newspaper from across the waters uh, about all the genealogy to be done over in mm. England. But it got to him in like three days when it should have taken like three weeks to travel by ship or whatever.
0: Right. And that's uh, Elder Ballard's. I think it's his granddad, Melvin Ballard, after whom he is named, and he was an apostle too, I think. Yeah. Okay, so Quaku is now going to finally say that he's going to side with Tim Ballard on this, on the just on the matter of principle alone. And this is one point zero two point five zero to one point zero four point one one. And which one's this, Maven?
3: Little guy.
1: Little guy
0: this is what happens yeah. when maven retitles all of my clips
3: <laughs> I got here.
9: whether um it was a combination of some bad folks folks or it was I, I gotta, the church itself yes. w- whether this was a hack or whether um it was a combination of some bad folks or it was the church itself and at, at, when we say the church in our in in the church, we don't ever you mean know with a little C
6: about. and a big C. Yeah, like yeah.
9: Whether it's a church of little C or or a big C or the biggest C, like it's scary that there can be public condemnations of individual people without any sort of. I mean, if you get a call from your from the bishop, heads up, turn off your phone at five p.m. and go on vacation. You know, yeah. something like. <laughs> but like. Yeah. We have a video of a man who is distraught right now. Yeah, And I will always side with the innocent individual over a big like conglomeration or organization of people. Because one has bureaucracy, one's and, a guy's life. And
4: I think that's what Vice wants the dichotomy to be. So yes. I think that's playing into their hands to no, I think what they buy want, into this narrative and present it that
9: way. I think what they want is Sound of Freedom is crazy. Even those crazy Mormons finally said this guy's bad that's what it seems like the narrative no no is to no me.
4: what they want to do is entrap the church into saying like if they don't do something about this then
6: yeah it, it seems like they're they, they have forced the church into a position of they need to make a comment
10: well yeah and I'm if just they don't say, make a comment it better be monday morning first thing and like oh, if it goes monday evening like that's just gonna look really bad
0: yes it's going to look really bad and it's going to look even worse if it's 12 days later and they still haven't made an official comment the fact is the church made their comment they gave it to vice news and that's all they're going to say because i'm sure they consider the matter closed hmm.
3: and I, I just want to say it's interesting that he kind of said this is also more like apostate talking that he would defend quote unquote the little guy against the institution that's that's precisely the way. To get excommunicated i mean if he continues uh, obviously but i i mean sam young he campaigned for a lot of little guys you know um and it just i i mean obviously like it's been interesting on this side of things because a lot of us don't like or find tim Ballard and the church both to be corrupt and problematic uh it it really just with there's a lot of overlap they're really not too, too different with the kinds of things that they're behind when, you know, like we we know the church covers up a lot of child sex abuse. And so it's just like, if this guy's going out and committing it, it's just, it's still, it's happening here in Utah and like every other ward. It's, you know what I mean? But I just, the one time that ward radio is willing to go against the church in defense of the little guy, this little guy is potentially a predator and abuser of women and children, um, and a fraudster on top of that, and it, doing the old affinity fraud and getting so much money from just the conservative right and just, and you know, movie deals with the famous actors portraying him as this superhero going into the jungle, saving the children. It's just so self aggrandizing. But that's the little guy that to them, that's the little guy that they want to defend. It's just like, I, I man. The, Isn't it weird the, the little the, guy they
1: didn't defend was Lucy Walker or Martha Brotherton um
3: no.
1: you know the they 30 don't care something about that yeah stuff.
3: Yeah, but this poor poor Tim Ballard whose life's been made into movies and has uh, you know gotten all of this money from people and you know is was able to go and get lap dances and beer and and you know sexual things with his other operatives, you know, for saving the children. Like this is allegedly. a really really sad guy, allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. Poor man, poor, poor man. Oh, what by the way,
0: by the way, um, I did hear at this time. Um, Kwaku inserted into his defense of Tim Ballard that he's innocent. Did you catch that?
3: I did not, but that's when, the, that's when an organization
0: point. goes after an innocent man. Okay. Mm. So he's already presupposing that Tim Ballard is innocent. And that's one of the problems we, we build just... in these presuppositions that the people that we're in favor of, they're innocent or the people that we don't like, they're cowards or they're whatever you want to call it. Instead of just going off of the evidence and the facts as best as we can ascertain them, the, a lot of times we, I think it's called begging the question. We're begging the question of whether Tim Ballard did this by saying he's innocent, so we don't even have to deal with the question of whether he actually is. But I did want I to before we take willing
3: home- to come around if it, if it. I feel what I'm already seeing is it doesn't matter. More and more things are starting to come out, and it mm-hmm. seems like the more things that are said, this the more when you I, this this conspiratorial thinking. There's always excuses. They've already come up with so many outlandish scenarios that I guess what indication is there that as more testimonies come out, as more operatives uh, speak out, that they won't continue to do that to desperately find ways to continue to justify. Tim Ballard, and say, everyone else is lying. Everyone else is just, they just want to bring a good man down. It's Where Joseph have I Smith heard Oliver. this reasoning before? Yeah. Yep.
1: Everyone's lying.
0: We're, we're not playing this clip because this is from a, a one that's later. This is the one I did all that work on that I scrapped in favor of this one. But even Carden is aware that sh- shoes are dropping, right? More shoes are dropping. And I just want to give a memo to Carden that the expression is, shoes are dropping not what you said because what you said was that balls are dropping okay it's a different thing entirely all right just yeah it's not memo. new year's eve and dick clark's in charge yeah and that would be the best interpretation of it
3: yeah so, well, and then you can drop the ball you know and so i think it's just it's just where words are important and if you switch things up even a little bit you know
0: which i do sometimes you know i, I mess yeah. up but yeah. Well, it's a rare thing that I have the dirtiest mind it's at the party, but either. apparently that's the case tonight. It is. So, do we have this tweet from Quaku where he totally lost his Kwaku-ness? Here we go. This is a tweet from Quaku that he put up. It's now it's since been taken down, hasn't it? I'm I not sure. My understanding is it's been taken down. Uh Bill, can you go check on Quaku's Twitter I'll account and see if it's still mm-hmm. there while I go ahead and Read this. This past weekend, while the church was using tabloids to condemn Tim Ballard, David G. McConkie, former stake president and bishop, grandson of Elder Bruce R. McConkie and Colorado Springs deputy district attorney, was arrested on charges of pedophilia and decade-long child abuse. Crickets from church PR. That's Quaku. That's Kwaku doing our job for us. He sounds like you, Bill. He sounds like you, Maven. He sounds like me. Because what he's picking up on and broadcasting is this double standard. That when it comes to a guy, from their point of view, from Kwaku's point of view, when it comes to a guy who's well-connected in the church, who's now been arrested on child molestation charges, crickets. The church says nothing about it. But when it comes to the guy who spent his life saving children from sex traffickers, they issue a statement denouncing him. Bill, have you found it?
1: Did yeah, When I a type, back on this? When I type in at with Quaku or just Quaku to try to get that to come up, I'm not getting anything. And I guess there's you maybe a chance
3: blocked.
0: he. Oh, yeah. I, that's right. I heard he took that. He scrapped his whole Twitter account. Oh, oh, he did, took, he? oh did he? Did he? Well, you're not finding it, are you? I'm not, but it's also possible he blocked me. Why would he do that? That would be. I've heard he's very quick to do that. Maven, can you find it? Have you been blocked?
3: I believe I have been blocked by. It doesn't take much. I don't.
0: Okay, everybody out there, would you please check Twitter and see if Quaku's account (laughs) exists? Number one and number two, if this tweet is still there, if it does.
3: They're saying it's. He shut it all down. It's all gone. This is what he shut it all down.
0: He pulled a Glenn back on us who Glenn backed us. He put up a Twitter a tweet that was critical of the church, and then shortly thereafter took it down. Can I Quaker just ask one step further and scrapped his whole account?
1: Yeah, I was, that's what I wanted to ask: Is folks, did he just delete the tweet, or did he take down his entire account?
0: Mm. And they're saying it's, it's, it's all I mean, down. It's ringing a bell yeah, to me that I think down, I, I thought down. I'd heard that he had taken down his entire account.
1: Damn, that's. Could you imagine what it would take for you or me or Maven to delete our entire
0: account? Huh. Something it much. would be something Can I address you know, comment? large. Yes, please. Yeah. Maven. Go ahead.
3: Okay. I'm going I'm to put it on. This is uh, from someone going by Larry. Okay. Says Maven. What would happen if a group of neighborhood kids accuses you of abuse? I know this is supposed to be a gotcha question, but it really isn't. If a group of neighborhood kids are accusing me of abuse, if they're telling trusted adults, they should look into it. It's not a hard question. It's not a trick question. And if they look into it, then I assume, unless I'm really, really unlucky um, and I have just no proof of anything or where I've been or something, like, see, that's this is the thing. Like, I just, this is why I just hate this so much. It's just, it's the, uh, you know, it, My reputation, if someone were to accuse me of something, if people are going, oh, Maven, you know, she would never, that's terrible. They're liars. That's the problem. That's why, like, this, that's why we have such a huge issue with all of these huge scandals, is because immediately somebody's reputation is more important than what children are saying. Do children lie sometimes? Yes. But, like, the majority of the time, that can be found out if people are willing to look at what evidence is around hmm. So I, I well, just don't of- know, Larry, what are you thinking? Should I be saying, you know what? No, if someone accuses me of abuse, then just automatically believe that they're all liars. I'm I'm above scrutiny. I'm above anything. You know, like people should treat me like Tim and just, and, you know. If if yeah, if, if I had abused children and there would be evidence for that. There would be not just their stories, not just lies. I would have to be in the right place that you know where where they're accusing me, when they're accusing me. You know what I mean? It's just I, I'm it's like like I'm not saying it's impossible for these kinds of traps to be set, but I'm saying when they're scrutinized, I think these things come out. And like I pointed out, like with Adam Steed, like he he was a victim of abuse in many ways and part of the abuse you know as a husband and under Jody Hildebrandt was just this complete you know ruining of his character and trying to set him up to be a pedophile to be you know what what he's been harmed by and he there were so many things in his favor that he had all kinds of psych evaluations like multiple professionals even though Jody was the one that was just like crazy and and doing all this to him, he still had multiple, you know, therapists. He's had friends. He had a lot of people backing him up. They just weren't listened to. That's the problem.
0: Right. Well, I've thought of at least two witty rejoinders to that question, which are both in very bad taste. So I won't mention them here. However, Bill, Bill. Yes. That's all I have. I don't think we have any more, and we're approaching the two-hour mark. Do we have time for maybe three phone calls? Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna let it be Cardin. Put <clears> it up, be Cardin. A, let it be Cardin.
1: That would be incredible. By the way, I'm just really uh, still a little stunned that uh, Kwaku deleted his Twitter account, his X account I
0: should say. Yeah, it seems strange. Uh, anyway. It is strange. Well, I me I'll I'll be Doug Anderson the... is behind it. Either that or Mitt Romney.
1: Yeah, it's gotta be one of those things, right? It couldn't be
0: the church. Not an option. <laughs> All right. So is anyone on the, the line? Do we can I announce the number? Yeah. It's please. one it's six six two six six seven six 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 seven. That's six six two six six seven six 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 seven or six six two Mormons on your dial.
1: Yeah, and so I'll check here and see if we've got any calls coming in. It might be a second. Um, And and here's one. I'll just go right to it. Caller, you are on the air. What's the name?
10: Hey, this is uh, Thaddeus.
1: Thaddeus. Thaddeus, welcome to Mormonism Live. What's uh, what's on your mind tonight?
10: Um, I just wanted to tell you that I looked up on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, and it certainly has been uh, taken down. It just says that uh, there's something went wrong. Try again later, kind of a thing. As far mm. as uh,
0: Good old oh four.
10: As far as that guy's Twitter account. So
0: something I just wanted to come and let wrong. you know. Thank you, Thaddeus. Mm. We appreciate yep. your investigative work.
10: All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, top top notch here. You guys are doing great, uh, all of you. Thank you so much, and uh, carry on.
0: Do you thank think you so you- much. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. You- Do
10: you think maybe
1: somebody in local leadership got a phone call from Salt Lake and asked Kwaku's bishop to reach out to him and ask him to take down his account because uh, he was saying things that were critical of the church?
0: I think something drastic happened. Something happened. I mean, they go from... Yeah. Go ahead. Beyond that, I wouldn't be able to speculate, really.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. You're not... Something drastic 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 happened to cause that...
0: Yeah. What do you think, yep. Maven?
3: I've been distracted with the comments, so I can't answer that.
0: <laughs> you see, it's at times like this, I wish I had a psychic who could channel Nephi to answer these questions. Yeah.
3: Mm. By the
1: way, that's another thing that still needs to be investigated, which is he hires a psychic. She's working with their organization for a long period of time. She's paid, she's paid really well. Handsomely. She has no real divining success.
0: She found a feather once.
7: Nope.
1: (laughs) So what what relationship does Tim Ballard have with this woman that she is hired to accomplish nothing and paid well over a long period of time?
0: I don't know. If you're suggesting something sexual, I would just remark that Joseph Smith pulled the same game with his treasure digging and a bunch of guys, and I don't think anybody suggested there was anything sexual there. Just I'm not an awful lot of yeah. gullibility. I'm not suggesting
1: sex, but what I am suggesting is that it seems as though um, she wasn't accomplishing what she was paid for, but there was some motivation to keep her on anyway and to pay her really well. Yeah.
3: I wonder if, because this happened with the Joseph Smith trial, right? It was Josiah Stowell, who I think it was his nephew, was upset that he could see that Joseph Smith was taking advantage of his uncle in his older age, right? But Josiah Stowell, even though he had been strung along with this fraud the whole time, he defended Joseph Smith and said that, yeah, they didn't find anything, but he really did believe Joseph saw what he saw and that, you know, just darn it, that treasure just slipped away. And I, I wonder if maybe that's what Janet was doing, which is something we didn't check, like really go in on at all, but that's another really, really horrific part of this whole thing is that mm. there's this woman and Tim are stringing this poor man along for the years. The father
0: of Guardi Marty, child. the guy they're looking yes. for, the little kid.
3: Exactly. This is a real kid who's gone missing and and these guys are telling him, I know where he is. Um, I think it, it, part of the video that comes out, like they, she's even saying, like she's bragging about her abilities and and being like, they've, they've picked somewhere random on a map and they're just like, this is where he is. And no one would know this. You know, I'm the only one that would know. We're going to have your son. We're going to have him by the end of the day. And and they don't ever find him. That's also refreshing. a really, really horrific thing. That's one of the most yeah, despicable
1: and, things ever.
3: Yeah but it's possible that this fa- i mean when someone is so desperate to find a child it makes sense that you know if someone is this confident even if things that you know this in this really sad scenario it's a child that's the treasure that's just slipping away right right as you get there you know but i mm-hmm. i mean i can understand the hope but that's just a really vulnerable position to be in um mm-hmm. to be strung along by charlatans like this by really awful awful people so yeah
0: Alleged charlatans,
3: but I absolutely agree
0: with you. You know, there have been people who are on Tim Ballard's side who have tried to theorize that it wasn't Tim Ballard who brought Janet Russ and the psychic down with him. This is something that the father did. The father brought the psychic in, and tried to use him Mm -hmm. with a Tim Ballard. You know, I don't know, playing second fiddle or something. These are desperate ploys to try and reconcile what is an irreconcilable situation in their minds. Because how do we square that with the fact that Tim Ballard makes Janet Russin the head of one of his newly created nonprofits? I think it was uh children need families where she was being paid $125,000 a year. Okay. Right. That his doesn't adoption, sound like somebody that the father in Haiti brought in from the side and that Tim Ballard wasn't involved.
1: Yeah, totally. The, Next call here, I think, is going to be someone named Jordan. Is that the name, Jordan? Yeah, yes. All right, you're on Mormonism Live, my friend.
10: Oh, thanks. I uh, uh, love your show, and uh, I've been an avid follower for a long time. Um, but I, I guess one thing I just want to point out that I'm thinking is the the shock that they're showing that um, the church would publicly kind of condemn one of its members when i feel like throughout its history i mean joseph smith was more than willing to call out and condemn you know members of the church in the early days and then I, i'm thinking of when the church kind of uh, when that member of the quorum of the 12 i believe it was had some type of a, affair or some issue where the church didn't protect that individual at all in that situation. And so it's always the church is going to protect itself rather than watch out for the members. Um, So I guess I'm just surprised at the shock that they're showing. Yeah.
1: In the modern moment, RFM, Maven, can you guys think of anybody that the church named out loud in the public prior to local leadership, taking them aside and saying something to them?
0: I can't, think I of can't, I, no, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know the history of the church in this regard is, is George P Lee, somebody like that. I don't know, but generally, yeah, they work through the regularly established priesthood channels and the, the upper, the upper guys tell the lower guys what they have to do and to leave the upper guys out of it. Right. That's how it really works. But here if we're to believe Tim Ballard and nobody has come out to contradict him, still crickets, the state president didn't know about it his bishop didn't know about it which means this is something where the church felt they had to move fast and get as far away from Tim Ballard as possible.
3: I like this comment I just put up on screen they're shocked because they've never had empathy for anyone who's been called out um and I think that's true um the, they don't care about you know people like you Bill real they don't they don't care about what you tried to do. Or, or, you know, what your struggles were, or any other um, ex-Mormons, they're just, it, it's already on the other side. So I think that's a, a good point. It's its finally somebody that they care about, which is, it's really the start for a lot of people, but you have to see it happen to someone that you love um, to get it. And, and I was that way too, in a lot of ways. So I can understand that.
1: I don't know I how I'm any... But-
3: I just want to say, too, like with the I I get that the call out should be like from local leaders, but I I feel like this distancing and this call out is not the same as an excommunication and they're calling it that. But as far as I know, nothing like that has happened with Tim. This is just a distancing of him and his, you know, this business, these business interests. I don't think I I think it's uh, weird to say that this is the same thing as having been excommunicated because I don't see that.
0: No, I think it's much worse because when you're excommunicated, at least the church, if it plays by the rules, keeps it private.
3: Right. This this is the opposite. Mm
0: -hmm. This is, yeah, shamed in front of every single member of the church who presumably are the only people who care about what a church statement would say. Others might. But, yeah, this is much worse than being excommunicated, I think. And I'm shocked that nobody reached out to Tim. If indeed nobody reached out to Tim and he says nobody reached out to him but once again i don't know if that's true right
1: yeah it's strange now going forward that Kwaku and the rest of those uh, ward radio folks that you know that they would criticize us or other folks on this side of things when they have when we have when they have done what has only been done in other worlds, right? Uh, the, mid, the Midnight Mormons are now criticizing the church and its leaders, saying they were wrong and mistaken. And stupid. And yet, sh- and yet, shame on us for saying they're wrong and mistaken and stupid.
0: Hmm. Yes. Pop Mormonism kennel. Live is, Midnight Word Radio Mormons may be coming. Mm-hmm.
1: You got it. All right. Another call. This will be our last one. This is, I believe, Laura. Laura, you are on the air. Is, are you there?
7: Yes, I am. Thank right. you for taking my call.
1: You're welcome. Your um, final call for the night. Take us home.
7: Okay. Well, first, I just wanted to say um, thank you so much to all three of you for the work that you do. Um, I really enjoyed listening to all of you. And Bill, I enjoyed your coffee talk this afternoon. That was fun. Awesome, Thank you. And um, yeah, just regarding <laughs> regarding Tim Ballard, I just, you know, wanted to say one of the things that has really annoyed me with all of this, too. I mean, pretty much everything about it, but the fact that anybody that is supporting Tim Ballard, you know, comes out and says about anyone who doesn't support him that, oh, they must be a, you know, they're a pedo or they don't care about child sex trafficking And that's just so, you know, I don't know. It's just not the case. I mean, there's so many other organizations out there. Just because you don't support Tim Ballard doesn't mean you don't support fighting against, uh, you know, sex trafficking. And it's just such a weak argument and such a, you know, horrible thing to say about people that, you know, believe that Tim Ballard has done some really bad things.
0: Yeah, you could even say it's a thought-stopping technique. It's their way of winning the argument without having to demonstrate anything. People have even, I've been reporting about this last week and trying to just report what's going on without really taking sides, because I don't know what the evidence is. I haven't seen a lot of evidence yet, but I'm anxiously looking forward to it. I've had people in the comments call me a pedophile. Yeah, yeah, that's a
3: good, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because even uh, even if these are just allegations against him and, and they are false allegations and, and let's say under scrutiny, uh, Tim will come out looking like a rose, I think or smelling like a rose, I guess. Um, it's still the fact that people are willing to ignore the allegations that actually exist for him and, and view them as nothing yet will mm-hmm. project that and onto somebody who, you know, to anybody to, to Vice News, to anybody, to it, it happened with John on Mormon Stories when they were on, to, to call RFM that, um, and me as well, like just to throw that at all of us, again, just for being critics of Tim Ballard, it is, it's not just, mm-hmm. yeah you know, it, it's just, it's so hypocritical on top of just being just so wrong in so many ways. It's just really ironic. Yeah.
7: Yeah. yeah. It's really, every time I see yeah. those comments, I just fume. them. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, Laura. I yeah, interrupted you. Sure. Go ahead, please.
7: No, that's okay. I was just saying love you guys and, and love the work you do and appreciate
0: you. Well, appreciate thank you that. so much. I certainly don't want to interrupt you when you're complimenting us. Thank you for the call.
3: Thank you. Oh, I'm good. <laughs>
0: thank you, Laura.
7: Thank you. Okay.
0: Have a great day all right so that's tonight's show who knows what next week will bring although this sunday and saturday this weekend's going to be general conference it i mean it's usually a freak show there on temple square i understand but i think it's going to be like mega freak show now do we really think that people who are supporting tim ballard against the church are not going to show up to protest Mm. that would be interesting
3: I've I've got a little protest um, of my own in the works with Floodlit, and I'm still not really quite sure I'm prepared to. I don't, we will need volunteers though, so if people want to just I don't know, keep an eye on the Facebook pages and and whatnot, um, and if you want to volunteer, you think you might be interested. Um, uh, keep just keep your eyes and your ears open. I guess that's all I'm. I'm, I feel like I'm able to say right now till I can get some more things organized, but um, it would be. it is around uh, child abuse awareness in the church. So, mm. yep, that's my little yeah. teaser for that. So well,
0: you've got two days to get re- organized there.
3: Yep, 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 <sighs> working <perfect>. on it.
0: <laughs> so next week, we'll probably be doing a recap of General Conference. That's at least what we have planned unless it gets moved because of something else. By the way, everybody, we are over 800 people watching tonight. So thank mm-hmm. you so much if those of you who haven't would you please hit like i am only showing one like up here on the screen maybe it's wrong but that's what's reporting to me if all of you could just like this episode and subscribe if you haven't already subscribed please subscribe to the show all right you won't regret it and it will help us with these things called what are they called logarithms Algorithms. whatever it is mm-hmm. it'll be uh, very helpful to us so Thank you so much for liking, for subscribing. Uh, time to say goodnight to everybody. But join us next week, same bad time, same bat channel for a recap of General Conference. Good night, everybody.